Oh, wait, you didn't count down. That's okay. Keep going. We can edit it out. The following podcast contains mature language and adult discussion. Viewer discretion is advised. Oh, wait, this is a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Mr. Warwa? I need a lot more alcohol now. Well, I mean, we haven't done a review yet, man. Okay, let's do it. All right, well, I mean, first, we want to introduce our guest. Oh, yeah, because they're, they're going to have some, too. Yeah, yeah, man, this is a four-way review. Um, before we inter- introduce our guest, we're going to do a drink recu- review real quick, and then we'll, we'll, we'll introduce ourselves, tell you a little bit, tell us a little bit about you. But what I have here... This is a hard apple cider. No, there, there's four people around this table. Two of us are looking forward to it, and I think two of us are dreading it. Um, three of us are dreading it. Three of us are dreading it. Mr. War, will, we, will you give us a smell test? What do you think? I mean, it kind of smells like a cider, but... Mm, yeah. It's not my thing. All right, this is a Strongbow apple cider, so... Um, Ladies and gentlemen, cheers. I don't hate it. Actually, kind of tastes like something Welch's would make. <laughs> Do you remember? You guys are from the Midwest. Do you remember drinking malt duck? No. Donald Duck and is malt that- duck. Malt duck. Yeah, it was like cheap ass. Cider beer? That's what this tastes like. <laughs> no, this reminds me of something that would be frozen, like in a in a, like a giant toilet paper tube in the freezer, and then you like drop it in a container and you mix it with some water. You remember we did that? And it was always in that orange Tupperware thing that had like the white lid with the button on it. God knows what the button served. What was the purpose of the button on the on the, the pitcher? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, to take the lid off. I could take the lid off without pushing the button. It was to release the pressure. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't that much pressure. Maybe my lid was just default. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, anyway, two loose screws. I am Chris. That is Sean. And we have a couple guests with us today. Uh, we've been teasing them for about a month now. Um, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, starting with Bethany. I'm Bethany. And I'm Rita. And... They are professional ghost hunters, ladies and gentlemen, and they were recently featured on the show Ghost Hunters. Ghost Adventures. Ghost Adventures. 
Did I, did I fuck it up already? You did. <laughs> anyway, um, the name of your company is Ghost Adventure or Ghost Hunters. Isn't it? You fucked it up again. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> AZ Ghost Adventures. <laughs> Ghost. Ghost. All right. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourselves? <laughs> okay, Bethany, I'll start. Okay, so I'm Rita. I'm the owner-operator of AZ Ghost Adventures. Uh, I Like I tell everyone who comes on my investigations, I've experienced paranormal about all my life, as far back as I can remember. And back then, you used to think that you were crazy if you told people that you saw people or saw things moving or heard things. So um, when you talk about ghost hunters, I was really happy when that show finally came out because that validated a lot. It, it brought, it brought uh, paranormal, and we, we like to call ourselves paranormal investigators. Um, it, it kind of brought that to the forefront and gave it some validity, so we're not that crazy. Although, let me tell you, a lot of people in this industry are that crazy. All right. In a good way. So we just go on and um, we do tours at different hotel locations, and people can sign up and investigate with us. And um, we tell the story of the, the locations and the history. All right. So... Before I mess this up again, <laughs> the name of your company, AZ Ghost Adventures, did I get that right? Correct. And the name of the show, Ghost Adventures. Yeah, you know, it's, in a perfect world, I wish it was different, but um, that was the name of the company when I bought it, and it, was, it, was, it just would have been too difficult to change the name of it. I've had a lot of different names come through my mind that I really like. But uh, it is what it is, and we and a lot of people follow us. They're familiar with that name. We have that name brand, um, and uh, yeah. So a lot of people do think that we might be a part of Ghost Adventures, and we're not. I always, t I always have to tell people that we're not. We're not affiliated with them. Um, but then again, that would be like saying that every company out there shouldn't use the word ghost hunters adventures paranormal so you're saying people can sign up and go with you yeah we we run paranormal investigations and during the investigations we'll go through the history of the location that's a huge part of um bringing into context what we might uncover or encounter on our investigations and, uh, and people, they can stay for four or five hours, or a lot of our investigations, they can stay overnight. 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 Like you're going to stay at Bullion <laughs> with us, <laughs> down in the basement. Yeah, but I'm going to be sharing By a yourself. cot with Mr. Warwa. <laughs> okay. I'm going to be snuggling up with that dude. There's, there's a not. visual. Yes, I am. <laughs> I'll go with and I'll do it, but there's no way I'm laying anywhere near you. Hold me. Please. You suck, sir. <laughs> All right. So anyway, Rita, how yes. how old were you when you first got interested in the paranormal? Uh, oh, I was a teenager when I, you know, when you're a little kid and things are happening, you just kind of, it just like you see the little kids in the movies. It's kind of like that. It's just what it is. It's maybe your playmate or, you know, you see things moving, but you don't understand that that's. That's different. 
Um, so I would have to say as a teenager, I really became uh, interested in the paranormal. And coming from Chicago, there's a lot of history there and a lot of paranormal experiences, you know, what a city, huh? To That's in. right. You're f- man. She should have been on our Chicago episode. We may have to rob you for part two. <laughs> we can like you know tie in some paranormal stuff with that. But so, are you a Star Wars fan? Have you seen like any of the Star Wars movies? Either of you? I oh, have. Yeah. Okay, Rogue One. Uh-huh. Remember the blind dude? And like he's like walking through like all the laser fighters, like I am one with the force, and the force is with me. <laughs> yes. That was me as a kid walking from the bathroom to my bed. Can't see nothing because it's dark, but you're scared to death. You're like, I am one with the force and the force is with... <laughs> like, when you're a kid, like, anything scares the piss out of you. Yeah. So it's like, it's not really paranormal. It's just you're a kid and, and you know, it's... You're just, you're scared. Like, you don't want to keep your feet hanging off the bed under the blanket because the beast man underneath your bed is going to get it. You don't want to open up the closet. That's true. That is true. <laughs> it will get you. Damn it. <laughs> so... At what point, like, you know, when you say you were a teenager, like, at what point did you separate, okay, I'm just, I'm scared, to, okay, this is really interesting? Uh, you know, I've never really been afraid of it. Um, it's it's just something that you grow up with. If, so if it's a part of your life and you grow up with it, you really don't know any different. Hmm. Kind of like different religions. You don't. Yeah, I mean, if, if you're so involved in that religion, you that's that's what you understand, no matter how other people may view it. Um, but it's it's just an is what it is. Kind of like whether you put ketchup on a hot dog or not. Uh, no. no. She must be from <laughs> Chicago. Anyway, so you you started doing this like it, you know, for fun. When did it become mm-hmm. a trade for you? What year? I bought it back in, what year did I buy it? 2021. Yeah, 2021 during COVID. Who buys a business during COVID, right? Where you're out with other people. But um, but I really had a passion for it. And I, like I said, I'd had a lot of experiences happen. I work in healthcare and I've had experiences happen um, with uh, some of the, in the geriatric setting. And it just, it's almost like that uh, serendipity or that path. It's just, you get to where you're supposed to be. Things are happening for a reason. Right. Okay, so now you two, are you two like friends or did you meet doing this? We we met doing this. Um, We met doing this. So uh, we both started off as just going to the investigations and helping out with the previous owner just helping out setting stuff up and then um and then yeah so been friends since when did you become into you know start becoming interested or more interested into the paranormal um not until i was actually an adult uh at first i've i mean i've had experiences when i was a a young adult and a teenager but i just i was so terrified because i didn't understand what it was until it was until i was an adult and that's when i really started getting into it I have questions about that, like, I, I was terrified because I didn't understand. Okay, I'm of the age of understanding, and, like, I was still, like, the idea of going to this bullion place, I'm not terrified, but, I mean, I'm not exactly, okay. it scares me. <laughs> no, you're terrified. You're asking for me to hold you in the middle of the night? I get cold. <laughs> no. No, no, no. You're just a mean, cynical person. I didn't uh, think you had it in you to be this mean. 
You sound like my ex-wife. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you, you bought a business during COVID. Mm-hmm. How was that? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Why did you buy the business? Like, what what made you decide that instead of just like helping out that you wanted to own it? Well, I was running part of the investigations for a while, um, and then the person who did own it, they were moving, and it. We had a lot of people that were, I hate to use the word regulars, but they were. I mean, they they came on a lot of our investigations. It's almost like a family, like an extended family that we have. We okay. A lot of the people who come, come multiple times. Every time, you can go to the same place 20 different times. And still and learn something or see, find 20 something 20 different, different experiences, yeah. exactly. In fact, what I tell people is every investigation is like a puzzle, and every investigation is a different puzzle because it's dependent on who comes to it and what they bring to the table for it. Because we have people that come on our investigations and they'll, they'll have attachments with them. Bethany, is she's the queen of getting shadow figures, taking pictures of shadow figures. And um, I'm going to let you tell that story. But yeah, it's, it's one of the uh, photographs, in fact, that uh, Ghost Adventures, was the Travel Channel was interested in but um, but to, to finish your question, yeah, it, again, it was just that progression. It was the opportunity was there, and I was able to do it, and it was one of those, if I don't do it now, I might not be, ever be able to. So so is it one of those things where you're, you're glad that you have? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, Has it grown since you've owned it? Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and we have, you know, we brought a lot of, new people that you know what i'm really happy that we do is we bring a lot of people in and they come on our investigations that would have never had the opportunity to really get into the thick of doing a true investigation a true paranormal investigation i mean we provide the equipment we train them on how to use it we do group investigations with them we let them do independent investigating we're there for them we're that support system for them yeah and i I think that's what people really like about it and yeah and we're just really cool to be around too <laughs> yes oh. you are been hanging out with you for about 55 minutes now i'm really digging this um <laughs> so when investigating the paranormal what are some of the differences between the the stereotypes and the reality uh and so oh well you mean like like people with seances and the tables floating because we're not mediums we don't do that right but like you know people that say well you know they're going to do this or they've seen that like what are some of the things that are just absolute complete utter bullshit and what are some of the more surprising realities like things that you you search for and you find what are some of the like more revolutionary discoveries well i think some of the things that are utter bullshit um are with you know unfortunately you have people out there that fake evidence and then that just really ruins the credibility for all of us and uh and, you know and we've we have people even right bethany they'll look at our pictures and uh-huh. things like that and they'll be like oh that's faked or you made that move and it's like how please show me i again i told you guys i am not technically savvy my background's in healthcare. um i couldn't figure that out if i wanted to but so when you get people doing things like that that's that's that is bullshit. Um, or, uh, whew, you know, we're, we look like your most normal everyday person 
that you'd come across on the street. We don't have the weird makeup or the, and not judging, hey, you know what? I just can't pull it off. But Bethany always has the really cool hair. She does with the purple. I'm missing the purple. Yeah, yeah, like she has like, you know, normal person hair right now instead of Bethany hair because like she has, it's her own signature trademark. And like somebody mentioned it last week and I didn't notice it because I'm a guy. You know, you have to point something out for for me to notice it. And uh, it was, you know, somebody's like, Bethany, your, your, your hair is a normal color. And I looked up and was like, oh, shit, <laughs> it is a normal color. Yeah, okay. a, lot, a lot of people at work are like having to do double takes and stuff, <laughs> not recognizing me because I don't have that signature color. Yeah. It's um, weird. So I, I've got a few, you know, questions brewing in my head. I know Mr. War was going to have some brewing in his head, but I want to hear the story about how did Ghost Adventures, the television show, how did that come to be? <laughs> so uh fortunately uh i w- had i'll only go back so far but um i had gotten the name of the producer and i uh just kept contacting them i mean in my previous 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 life before i worked in healthcare or anything i, I worked in marketing and i always believe for you know you get 10 no's and then you get a yes and uh what oh, something's going on yeah uh-oh sirens what did you do <laughs> i told you to leave your equipment at home so um so yeah i took this information and i ran with it and every week i would send this producer letters and evidence and it went through the history of bullion and like i said bethany's the queen of getting uh uh shadow figures on camera we all every person has their own little thing their own little niche um and i guess we can talk about that later because that kind of goes to the last question you asked me but uh but yeah i just kept contesting like a dog with a bone i just kept going for it and going for it and fortunately we were um we were actually i well i was actually sending everything to two different uh shows Ghost Adventures and Destination Fear because I, we had the opportunity, we had been on Desti- Destination Fear the year before for Phelps Dodge Hospital, and which was a great experience. Everyone watched that episode because uh, the hospital sold right after that and they don't allow any more investigations. And she should have gone. She should have gone in the records room. I'm so upset she didn't because that was the scariest room in that damn <laughs> hospital. And she didn't. I was so upset. Anyways. That's another story for another day, but um, but yeah, I was I was actually uh, sending everything to both shows, and it took about nine months. Mm-hmm. And you know, we were having little conversations, and I kid you not, within a twenty-four hour period, both shows said they wanted uh, Bullion Plaza, but Ghost Adventures trumps Destination Fear, so they got it. There's some kind of like you know. Is it like an unspoken rule? Like if one show grabs it, the other doesn't because you yeah, don't want to double. Compete. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, they, um, they, yeah. I, Destination Fear is a part of like that whole Ghost Adventures umbrella. Okay. So who contacts you? Who contacts me? Yeah. The but, producer that I work with. Okay. I'm not going to give their name out. I'm no, not no, going to no, give no. out that but information. Like, so it's, it's a producer. At what point, sorry, Mike here. Sorry, guys. And you're busting the chairs. People are going to think there's paranormal shit going on right here on the show. Um, at what point do you, you find out, like, you know, when you're going to go film, like, at, you know, 
what you know what's that process look like you know how much of a pain in the ass was it do you have to deal with handlers things like that is obviously there's going to be you know we're not silly we know there's things you can't talk about but from what you can talk about tell us about the process leading up to the day you film oh they did a lot of phone interviews with us huh Mm-hmm. yeah talking about our experiences and just different stories about what we've had happen and uh, I gave them a list of people that had had a lot of experiences mm-hmm. there, Bethany being one of them, because she was on that episode also. And uh, yeah, it was just back and forthing of a lot of information. And uh, they wanted to know a lot of the history because they maybe take 5% of all the information that we give them mm-hmm. to use on the show. Yeah. I mean, we, they really want everything. I mean, they wanted all of our videos, all of our pictures, you know, names of people that might be uh, good to be interviewed on the show because we had a, a few of our regular guests, and we call them guest investigators, that were on the show also that had had a lot of experiences there. So, so I've watched the episode, so not everybody on that was featured on the episode was necessarily part of your team. They were like... Their guests or people you network with? Uh-huh. Guests. Yeah. Oh, cool. Guests, and one of them's a medium that we use quite a bit. How Elise. big is your team? How big is our team? Not yeah. very. It's me, Bethany, Amanda, Nick, come on some, Lisa, who is our director of lighting and merchandise warrior. Yep. Yeah. Brand warrior. Brand warrior. That's it. <laughs> she wanted a title. <laughs> she hangs up our t-shirts. She does a damn good job. Thanks, Lisa. Props to you. Um, and then we have another team that I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a shout out to. Get out paranormal AZ. It, uh, Iris was on that episode. Um, they make custom paranormal equipment, and uh, so they're they're at almost every investigation with us. And it just varies. Like we have different mediums that we work with. So we, you know, it kind of, it kind of moves around and you don't always have, I mean, Bethany and I, for sure, at every investigation, she's not allowed to have a weekend life. I know this to I've, be true. <laughs> I've been, I've been doing it for, since she bought it and I've missed two investigations the entire yeah. time. Yeah. No, I, you know, we work together and, you know. You know, we, we were on the same team and, you know, if we do any kind of weekend planning, whether it be for like a, like a team activity or like everything was, you know, th- there's people with, you know, with families and, you know, their vacations going on, but it's like, wait a minute, we got to get with the ghost hunter. <laughs> <laughs> we had to work around her schedule. Her <laughs> ghost <parents>. hunter, <laughs> what are you doing next weekend? Oh, we can't go bowling then, team. We're going to wait a couple weeks. So she has, by proxy, become the planner because nobody knows her schedule better than she does. So she just tells us when and where to be. She knows my schedule better than I know my schedule. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so at this point, you haven't met or talked to a single star of the show. Uh, oh, you're talking about we're, we're still on that? Yes. Okay. So, uh, no, we didn't meet them until the actual day of filming. Okay. And it's, it's, it's incredibly structured. They mm-hmm. have their thing that they do and, um, you know, their equipment that they had to set up. And 
you know, they they kind of separate us. We have different times that we're interviewed. It's really interesting. It was the same thing with uh, Destination Fear too. You go like I never got to meet the cast of Destination Fear. You only, I was only interviewed for that. Uh, at least with Ghost Adventures, we got to meet the cast and take pictures and things like that. And it was freezing that night. Oh well, my god! It was like oh it had to be like forty degrees. Yeah. In it fact, freezing. If you watch the episode where I'm down in the basement with the guys. My lips are, it looks like I'm wearing blue lipstick. No, my lips were blue. I couldn't get out words that were more than two syllables because I was so cold. It was was crazy. Now, I haven't seen any of these episodes or anything, which I need to watch them, but do these guys bring their own equipment? Is their equipment different than yours? No, it's pretty much the same. We have professional equipment. Okay. Yeah. And, and that shocked me, too, because I went down in the basement with the guys, and I had told them up front, when you watch it, because I was standing next to Jay when he got scratched, and that was pretty crazy. And I told them, this, what's down there, it doesn't like men. And it doesn't like men who are pushy. It hates my son. And, uh, uh, yeah, it's... I lost my train of thought. So this guy, <laughs> this guy got scratched? Yeah, right. He's standing right next to me. And I saw his hands were on his shoulder, one of those cameras, and you have both hands yeah. holding it. And he goes, ow. And I, I looked over, and you could see like a cat claw had just gone down his neck. And what they didn't show on the show was that that scratch went all the way down to the middle of his chest. No way. Oh, totally. And I know what I was going to say. So you're asking about equipment. Yeah. My mind is like two steps behind tonight. You know what it is? It's this. It's what is that drink? Of, uh, Donald Juice Punch. <laughs> Donald, whatever you call it. But we get, so we get down in the basement, and we had been waiting outside in cold-ass weather, and because we couldn't bring our car into the parking lot where they had all the equipment set up, and, um, you know, and you want to look good, so you're not all, like, up in a parking and everything. You're wearing, like, clothes. Yeah. And... Uh, then we get down to the basement. And he goes, "Well, do you have any equipment with you?" And I said, "What the hell? Do you see any equipment with me? It's your show. You're supposed to have equipment with you." So, but we only had what was with the camera. But him getting scratched—that was huge, and wow, it was crazy. pretty typical. I was yeah. not shocked when that happened. Yeah. So you said that they don't like your son either. That no. wherever you were at, whatever. What happened with him? So he just gets his name said a lot. He gets, he gets a lot of fuck you. Yeah, he gets a lot of fuck you. Oh, wow. A yeah, lot. A lot. And like, Leave. Die. Yeah, things like that. Just nasty, nasty things. Like verbal stuff that you can hear too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, because we'll be playing the spirit box. And he can, yeah, you can hear okay. it. it. Can you explain what the spirit box is? So the spirit box is kind of like a radio. Mm-hmm. And what you do, it'll it can pick up. So the logic, I should give you the logic first. The logic is that the spirits are able to manipulate um, the radio frequencies, frequencies, just like they can manipulate other things and make lights turn on and off and, you know, other types of electronics. I wish I would have thought about it. I would have brought you some things to look at. But um, so what you do is you play it on a, a frequency backwards, though. So it's even harder for it to pick yeah. up. Like really? a sentence going forward, but it's it's backwards. And 
Um, you'll, yeah, you'll get things. I get my name said a lot down there, and my name's Rita. That's not a common name that you would hear, uh, and it said it has said his full name down there. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, it does not like men down there. That's wow. why you guys need to go down there when you when you yeah. come on our next investigation and sleep down there. Yeah. April first. The April first. No, no, no. <laughs> you, know, you know what? Grab us some furry handcuffs, and I will. Uh, I'll handcuff you, and we'll go. Why do they got to be furry, man? Because <laughs> you want to lay next to me. For safety, you're a big burly dude. Whatever. Yeah, you get pissed off. All right. I'm just he's having a, visuals. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> he, he's assaulting me verbally. I don't know. From what you're saying, it's kind of sounding like you like it a little bit. I mean, he's cute. <laughs> I mean, look at him. A little hat backwards. He's cute. Messing. Um, okay, so like a lot of these, you know, everything kind of you know revolves around the location. Mm-hmm. Why bullion? Because there is, from what I understand, thousands of locations they could have filmed at here. What's so special about bullion? We well, it's a, number one. It's a phenomenal location. It's I've been it all is. over the United States investigating. It's probably one of the most active locations. Now there are other incredibly active locations in Arizona mm-hmm. though mm-hmm. and in globe especially yep so you want to do you want to yeah like let's start with bullion and then like you know give us a few other locations that will come back to the television show like with bullion what's the background with it so bullion is a it's an old segregated school for the Native American and the uh, Mexican children that lived out there with the parents worked at the mines and stuff and they weren't they weren't treated very well uh, if they didn't speak any English. Yeah, well, they were second class citizens. Yeah. So they the expectation was that they would speak English, and if not, if they spoke in their native mm-hmm. tongue, they were punished. And we have to put it in context. You're talking about in the 1920s. Yeah. So corporal punishment was a little bit more acceptable than that, or I should say, not acceptable but accepted. And um, so. Uh, yeah, there's been a lot of um, people that were taken advantage of down there. Um, not just not just being punished, but just because the Hispanic population, um, they were like like you said, they were considered second class, and they were kind of easier to take advantage of. So it's like a modern day apocalypto, but instead of Mayans, it's Arizona. Like, yeah, and the other thing about that location is it's now a cultural center. Mm-hmm. So every room has a different uh, area. So one room is a Slavic room, and I love that room. I go in there, and being from Polish community in Chicago, uh, shout out to Hegwish. Chicago. <laughs> and uh, so you know what little horrible Polish I can speak, and going in there, and you'll have uh, a Polish like war memorabilia and um, I'm going to use the word costumes, but dress going back all the way back again to World War II out there. We've had, we have a lot of responses. We had a lady who spoke Bulgarian have a full-blown conversation using the spirit box, and she was getting answers. Um, one of, another room is a military room that has uh, memorabilia from all the way back to World War II. Uh, another room is a native, I call it the Native American room. It has uh, 
uh, artifacts all the way back to Hohokam and Salido tribes. And last time we were there, that, that room was crazy with yeah. the amount of activity that we were getting on command. Ask, like the equipment wasn't doing anything. You'd ask a question, and then it'd be going off. And right. Bethany turns oh, off all the breakers before we start, so it's not like we're having that type of interference. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, not every spirit is evil. There's good spirits, too. Oh, there's a lot of good so, spirits, So, yeah. like, it, this interaction you're tell, you're discussing right now, is that, um, you know, like, friendly talk, or was it, like, a mix? A mix. Mm-hmm. In the ups, yeah, we get a mix. I mean, I've got... We have a female that has shown herself. I have pictures of her by the name of Cecilia. And uh, we've, we've had mediums from as far away as the UK tell us her name without us giving the information um, and she's, like, she's, like a, she's like a watcher. Like she yeah, watches over the place her. and like um, just keeps an eye on everybody and like a protective So is this place type. open to the public? Yeah, it is. It is during who, the days. Like who yeah. owns it? Uh, the city of Miami. Okay. Yeah, and it runs on grants, so that's why it's really important because we rent the building, okay. and so they get and other other investigation teams, run, you know, run investigations there also because I can't be there every single weekend, uh, and so they earn money that way. And when when television shows like that come out, they they earn money that way also. Okay. Um and. Yeah, we do, you know, fundraisers as we're, you know, what every little bit helps with. It's, Miami's a small city. Yeah. It's really small. Right. I was just kind of curious because I'm like thinking maybe it's just a closed building. Somehow you guys get access to it or something like that. It so is. Yeah. No, it's I wasn't a sure. Cool yeah. Okay. Yeah. So have you guys been to like Drome? Because I heard Drome's uh-huh. like got some she has. crazy I have not. fun yeah. stuff yeah, over there. The, the high school there is pretty terrifying. Last time I was on an investigation there at the high school, I cut it short. Really? Yeah, it got something kept growling at me, and I had a couple of friends of mine that had never been on a paranormal <laughs> investigation. I was like, I'm gonna take you to Jerome. And uh, we were staying at the Jerome Grand, which is a wonderful hotel, and it is active. Uh, but we went to the graveyard, and it yeah. started at the graveyard, and then, and we were doing it with uh, the tour company out of Jerome yes. because they you know they have the keys to the building and we were in that uh old high school and it was yeah I've got some pictures from there that are amazing and the things that were being said and the yeah and when thing, something came up like next to my ear I was standing next to the stage and growled in my ear I was like yeah we could go now because <laughs> so, I, I, I don't want my friends to wasn't there something that was like a hospital that it was converted? Is that is that that's what the school is? That's the Jerome is? Grand. No, no that's the, Jer- the hotel. But it used to be a hospital. Yeah, so I heard that's pretty crazy. Yeah, it is. I was up on the top floor one time, and I was by myself. It was like 3 in the morning, and I'm up there, and I hear this singing, and I'm like, what the hell? And I'm standing next to this door thinking, oh my gosh, someone's going to open this door and I've got like my ear up next to it and they're going to you know, call the police on me or something. And the night, uh, the night manager came up. He was like doing his rounds, walking around, and he knew what we were doing there. And I'm like, come over here. Do you hear singing? And he's like, yeah, like, like how I am at Bullion. Yeah, everyday occurrence. Shit happens. And he said, that's the old uh, maternity and nursery area. He goes, no one's in that room tonight, though. Wow. 
and you could hear a woman singing in there. It was pretty awesome. Like, was it pretty, or is it, like, terrifying? Yeah, no, it was like a woman was singing to her child. Okay. <clears throat> and then about 15 minutes later, this door at the end of the hall just, like, made this huge banging noise, and, like, someone was standing on the other side, like, doing this, and the night manager was still up on that floor, and I was like, what the heck was that? He said, there's nothing on the other side of that door. It leads to the outside. To like Chris, we need area. to go there, too. <laughs> so something didn't like me being up there. Uh, uh, can I broadcast from the parking lot and like see? You no, 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 no. No, if you guys go there, you got to go to you got to go to Claude's room. He's the maintenance worker that was crushed by the uh, elevator. His skull was crushed. And I, I investigated in that room. It was pretty But But I can wear an earpiece. They have good range. From the parking lot to Claude's room, they have good range. Oh, you got to spend the night there. You got to experience it firsthand. Yeah, that's cool. I I think that's cool. I want to try that. I want to talk about other... No, um, no, 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 no. You need to commit on the air. I already committed I would go, but I ain't spending the night. That ain't going to happen. Come on. He'll hold your hand. That's right. I'll hold hold your hand. We both have CPAP machines. He'll furry cuff to you. I don't like this furry talk. <laughs> okay, if you want raw metal, that's fine. All right, this is turning into an entirely different podcast. You uh, started it. <laughs> he started it with the furry cuffs. You said you wanted the cuddle next to me in a cock. Yeah, dude. No, I wanted to... started. Okay, let's... Let, okay, here's the reality of that. I wanted to protect myself by using you as a human shield. We've never we're, had anyone hurt on any of our paranormal investigations. <laughs> she just said something really important. Can you repeat that? No one's been hurt on any of our paranormal investigations. We're going to save that little tidbit for well, the that, end, too, because that we're going to... paranormal gonna... related. Remember <laughs> <laughs> that girl that... Well, that... It said, do not enter. Don't count. <laughs> yeah. I know. All right. I want to come back to Jerome. I also want to you know, touch on some other sites in Arizona. Let's go back to the TV show. Okay. <laughs> um, let's, both of you, if you could, questions for both of you are, you know, kind of open-ended. Take us to the day that you're filming. Um, how long does it last? You know, is it something that boils over into multiple days? What are some backstories behind some of the stuff that we saw on TV? And what's some really interesting stuff that we didn't see on the show? Well, um, something you didn't see on the show was we were outside in the parking lot with the equipment director. And he had a bunch of equipment on the, on the table, and some of it started going off. And he, so he's like, well, that's weird. I mean, we're out in a parking lot, nothing, nothing around. And I told him, I said, yeah, but that's bullion. That's, that's what you get here. And I asked him if I could go over to the table, because I'm not going to walk up to someone's equipment without their permission. It was like really nice equipment. And I said, can I use my dowsing rods around it? And he says, sure, that's my tool of choice is dowsing rods. All right, what is that? Dowsing rods, I mean, they're, some people call them, and they're, they're copper rods. I don't use the willow branch, but you, they're the two sticks, the two metal sticks made of copper. You uh, probably are familiar with them looking for water. People use them trying to divine, divining rods. Yes, I've heard of that. <clears throat> okay. And so I asked him if I could go over to his equipment table with my dowsing rods and did a quick little investigation. I said, yeah, it's a cowboy named, I think it was like John or Jack or whatever. And he's like, wow, that's pretty amazing. And I said, well, let's see if this works now. 
And I asked the spirit, can you please touch these three tubes in front of me? Because the table was full of equipment. And I'll be damned, those three tubes lit up. I thought this guy was going to piss himself. <laughs> and this is the equipment director he was for so the show excited. Ghost Adventures. Yes, and it was, he was so shocked. And they told us that was the second most haunted location they've been to since Goldfield Hotel. So they knew they chose the right place. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I mean, they walked in. They were all, by the time we got there, because they got there before us, they were in a tizzy in a good way because they're like, this is the most active location. Stuff's just, they walked in and stuff was just like going off. What they didn't know was the day before we had gone through with our medium and had prepared the spirits because we're there a lot. I mean, Bullion's like a second home to me and told them this is what's going to be going on. These people will be coming in. Please show yourself. You know, don't make me look like an a-hole. Um, you know, those types of things. <laughs> and they did. Man, it was, it was, it was, it was spot on. And um, so we had, and it was funny because when you're inside and you're mic'd up, and let me tell you on those mics, they can hear everything Every because day. I whispered really quiet, <laughs> I have to go to the bathroom, to someone standing next to me and like all these people come downstairs, you need to go to the bathroom? And I was like, well, if you can hear that, I'm not peeing with all this stuff on me. <laughs> so I'll hold it. But, uh, but they were hearing noises like talking all throughout the place. Yeah. They saw the little girl there, who I saw. Um, they, uh, they had poltergeist activity, which they caught on film. It's on the episode. Yeah, I saw that. And that desk, I was just mucking with it the other day. Those drawers don't open easy. Um, they were getting EVPs, which yeah. we just, you listen to the EVP uh, that I played when, you, when I first got here. You heard that EVP of a child saying mama. Um, what else did we, that, what else were they getting? Uh, when we were upstairs doing the interview, uh, we were hearing a lot of shuffling and talking coming from the auditorium room and we had to stop mid interview cause it was, it was just constant shuffling. Like somebody was walking around up there and there was nobody in that room. It was like all the lights were off, door was closed. Like it was just an empty room and we had to stop mid interview. Right. So, going back to to the cast. So Zach, you mm -hmm. met him day of. Mm -hmm. um, like just in the research that you know that we've done, this is a guy that you know he has some some tips. Um, did like like OCD, you know things like that. Mm -hmm. Did did any of that boil over and interfere in the filming with you guys? Was he friendly with you? He was. They got there late, so he was kind of not like as social as he, I would have liked. He was more focused on he was getting very, the job he was done. hyper focused. Getting right. the as, job done. Yeah. And as someone who works with people who have O C D and things like that, um, yeah, he was he was hyper focused. I mean he did come up to me and thank me for okay. bringing them out to the place. Uh, he spent a lot more time with the director of the building, which is good. That was really yeah. good. Um it, it was so funny because at one point he was like, like did a fist bump and a handshake, and you could tell afterwards he was holding his hand out like I really need to wash my hands. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I can identify with that though. I'm I'm I have a lot of the the, the same OCD qualities. Uh -huh. Like I don't I'm I'm not big on shaking hands, you know, unless it's like you know family, you know, 
you know, oh, so you got my cooties when I came here then, you know. Um, I, I, you probably saw me. I washed my hands. Well, you see my hands are always dry. <laughs> because, because I, they're, they're, they're dry because I just, there, there's water and soap on them all day long. You know, but, you know, at the same time, I, you know, COVID, that's one thing COVID did do that was really cool. Is it took away a lot of the handshaking tendencies. Um, okay, so that was your experience with Zach. Um, tell me about Aaron. How is it working with Aaron? Oh, he's fucking hysterical. He is. <laughs> he is a, a nut he's job a in a good way. He's yeah, he is good. I can't. What was it Amanda said when she walked up to him? <laughs> Have you ever been raped in an alley? <laughs> she just goes, I just want to say something weird to him. And she walked up to him and said that. And that's my daughter-in-law. And he came right back with, I was just thinking about that happening to me or something, <laughs> something like, like that. that yeah. yeah. So he's he just like hysterical. a weird dude, cool he's, dude. He's, you know, cool. he's a weird dude, but he gets pretty deep with his conversations. I okay. mean, because we're out there for a few hours with him. Billy's super sweet. Um, Jay, we didn't get to talk. I mean, Jay got scratched, like I said, downstairs in the basement. I didn't get to talk to him much. We did, uh, and they were running late. They're, they got out there late. Uh, so... I think um, was every, everything was a little rushed. The funny thing was they normally film for three days. They got so much information, so much evidence, they were only out there for a day and a half. Okay. But we did have them come back out. They came out to another one of our locations like six later. weeks later, yeah. A different location. Uh -huh. All right, yeah. let's talk about that in a second. Okay. Um, let's finish up with the cast. So you guys worked with Zach, Aaron. What about Jay? He's nice. I mean, he's kind of a quiet one. Yeah. Okay. Any good stories with him or pretty just hands-off most of the time? Just that so he got scratched standing next to me. He's the one that got scratched? He's yeah. the one that got scratched standing next to me. Mm -hmm. yeah. How how was his demeanor after that? He's like, oh, this is so cool. He's like, oh, God damn it, I got scratched. He was kind of like, what the hell? What the hell just happened to me? It's like, man, that's really... I mean, you could see it rising up. You could tell it was a fresh scratch. It's not like something that was there before. And I'm guessing there's like a medical team like on site. They probably tended to the wound. Like, is it just like to clean up and go or? I think he probably just kept going. Okay. Maybe they just like stuck an alcohol pad on it or something. I don't know. I wasn't yeah. down there. Gave him a quick tetanus <laughs> shot. I don't know. Yeah, they kept us separated. So different people had different areas. Like Iris was up in one of the classrooms. You were in one of the classrooms. One of the classrooms, yeah. Uh, Elise was somewhere she was telling him that they had people, skeletons in the walls. <laughs> that They really freaked out about that one. Okay, let, let's pause the cast for a second. Tell me about skeletons in the walls. What's this? Well, that's just the medium said, you know, if they did some digging around that they would find skeletons. That land beforehand was uh, old farmland. So who knows? Who knows what's there? Who knows if it was a, if it was, you know, and... Uh, and a lot of uh, Apache people lived in that land beforehand, so who knows if it's an old burial ground. You know, and that wouldn't surprise me, was, considering yeah. what's in the basement, because whatever is in the basement is elemental. It's it never human. big. Yeah, it, it's what do you mean, dark elemental? in nature. It just comes from the earth. It was never a human. Okay, so it's like, like a demon. No, I would not say. I, if it was a demon, I wouldn't go there. Okay. That's, I, you know what, I'm not that... Yeah, we don't mess with that. Stuff. No, I don't. I dab, I don't dabble in the dark. Okay. So uh, I just think it's just, you know, like we have forces of nature. Yes. Hurricanes and tropical storms and all, you know, snow and all these other things. It's to me, it's like a, a, a force of nature. I might it have been 
asked to come forward or conjured forward or just always been there? Or, you know, something that is from uh, the indigenous people that, who knows? All I know is it's, it's, it's tries to, I, I told the guys, it's like sociopathic in nature. It tried, it tries to manipulate. And I, as much as I think it's a big dark thing, I respect it. Right. And I control what we do when we're down there is that because respect, of my respect for it. Is that respect ever reciprocated or is it just limited yep. in what it can do or? Oh no, it tries to, yeah. yeah, it tries, it still tries to manipulate it. You know, when I first started going there, it, my name used to be said all the time. It would be swearing at me and telling me it'd be like, die, Rita, leave. Die. I mean, like you'd hear these voices coming through on the spirit box. And then it was, and having worked with a uh, mental health population for quite a while, I knew just to, you just kind of keep it flat you don't you don't get wrapped up in that you don't show fear once a kid once something gets that thread it's going to pull it and right. totally unravel you so it, that, it that did it for like two years and then all of a sudden one day it was this very charismatic voice that started coming through on the spirit box i remember the day i was like what the hell is that <laughs> and it just kept saying these things which is typical of a sociopathic nature it can't scare you so it's going to try to manipulate you by being charismatic towards you. And like, it sounded kind of like the, the voices that were coming through kind of sounded like, like Ted Bundy type. It, that's what it reminded me of. Yeah, just Style that, talk. Yeah, trying to, trying to cohere you and manipulate you. And um, yeah, so it, we, can, we keep a lot of control in our investigations. If anything ever starts going sideways, we stop it. You're out. Yeah. I, I don't leave. I just stop it. And I, she's been with me where something kept touching me one night. And I said, if you keep touching me, we're going to stop. And it kept touching me. And it's like, okay, we're stopping. Yeah. So, like I said, we veer off and then we come back. I want to veer off one more wing. Um, your investigations, how young do you allow? About, we try to, for overnight, you have to be over 16. Okay. Yeah. And then. 16 with an adult or 16 by 16, Oh, 16 with an adult. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and um, but we've had like we had a group, uh, and they had uh, a young younger than sixteen, but they were their own separate group. So my investigations are usually like capped at twenty people, and then we split off into groups. So okay, um, that way it makes do you get it. A, do you get a like? What if um, okay, say I want to go on one of these things and. Uh -huh. You know, like 16, you say that's as low as you go. Have you gone lower? For overnight? Yeah. Mm -mm, no. What about just like a like a one or two hour tour or whatever you guys offer? A private investigation? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We've done private investigations. I haven't done it with younger than 16. Okay. Um, but we, we do host private investigate. In fact, our last one was at Bullion Plaza, and it was a group of like seven people. And they just wanted, you know, we, brought, we did it just like we do a normal investigation. I brought all of the equipment. And we investigated with them, and they had a they had a wonderful time. Then they left. Most of them flew had to fly out to other cities, and yeah. And I, in fact, one of the one of the people came back, and we investigated in Flagstaff with them. Yeah. Chris, I think you need to do that. <laughs> what, the, like the private tour? Oh yeah. 
What are you trying to do, man? I think it would be great for the show. I I I, I thought this guy was my friend. No, I told you I would. I, I committed. I committed. I'm just not spending the night. But I committed. You can do it. You can do it. Look at like no you no peer. Yeah, I, we we, uh, we are anti bully, anti peer pressure. Look at you guys. You're peer pressuring. Richie, you, you're saying Star Wars. What's that phrase in Star Wars? I am one with the force, hey. and the force is with me. I am one with the force, and the force is with me. There you go. That's all you need. I'd have to. Oh wait, no, I was thinking Caddyshack. Whoops. <laughs> 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 we were just talking about Caddyshack not that long ago. All right, let's go um, back to the the day of the show. Um, okay. There was one more cast member, Billy. Uh huh. Um, tell us about Billy. Nice. He's he was nice. Guy. Yeah. yeah. They didn't really. We, we, they didn't really kind of hang out. They didn't. They were, they were busy. working. Yeah, they were they busy. Were, they're working. When they're there, they're working. Yeah. How long are they there for? They normally stay for three days. Bullion Plaza, they left after a day and a half because they had enough. I mean, they were they shocked. They were shocked. I, we were out in the parking lot and they were coming out being like, oh my God, we can't believe how active this place is. Acadia Ranch, when they came out there, um, they were there. I think they were there for the full three days. Mm-hmm. So when you say a full day, what's a full day? Eight hours? 10, 12? I, I, I no tell idea. You, we're only allowed to be there for so much of the time. We're not there the whole time with them. Oh, okay. Yeah, they just yeah. use us and get they get what they need and then they cast us away. Huh. <laughs> Would you... Uh, <laughs> Interesting. You're going to say that's they, like... They were very kind you? to us. <laughs> <laughs> I was Mom's just joking. <laughs> okay. Um, so how long did they actually... You, you say they're there for a day and a half, but like did the film crew, were they there before them, stay after them, total time filming? I think the guys leave before... You know, because there's a lot of equipment. And especially if you take a location like Bullion Plaza, that's 35,000 square feet. That is a huge-ass building. And they... You know, so it, it the I'm sure that the crew that's getting all the equipment and everything they're there longer the guys come in they do what they need to do and they leave okay um as far as like you guys you guys were only there for one day just Mm -hmm. spotty for that day right yeah Yeah. but there's roughly about you know a day and a half two days worth of filming um what were some of the, the the stories what are some of the stories that we didn't see um oh tell them about the picture of herschel Oh yeah. So, well, there there was a lot of the um, evidence and video and pictures that we sent them, but they didn't use it all. Uh, but I did send a. I have a picture of well, a story of we were in the Native American room and the equipment kept going off, and we were getting the name Herschel from Bisbee coming through a lot, and there was a a woman there, who um after we were getting all this this information coming through. I took a picture, just it was just snapping random pictures because one of the pieces of equipment was going off. So I took a picture in that direction, and we're all sitting on the floor, and I caught a shadow of a profile of an older gentleman, like you can see the glasses and everything. And I showed this girl because she was the shadow was caught right above her head, so I showed the picture to that to that woman. And she said, oh, my God, my grandfather's name was Herschel. He was from Bisbee. He just died. Mm. Yeah. The thing Goose is you, bumps. You could see in the picture that we were all sitting on the floor. 
mm-hmm. you can see that the shadow was standing. I was trying to find it, but you could probably find it faster on your phone. And you could clearly see the outline of a man's face with glasses, mm-hmm. like an older man's face no with kidding. glasses. Yeah. And it's like, well, where'd that come and it from? And it was just like, it was a good, because she had those, she had that person of hers come through. And it was, it was very like heartfelt. Yeah. Uh, another um, story: the the gal Iris that they interviewed, the they showed an SD session on that uh, mm-hmm. episode. But what they didn't show was we had that night that we did that SDs, and SDs is where someone's wearing a headphone noise canceling headphones. Uh, they're blind blindfolded, and they're they, all they can hear is a spirit box coming through. They can't hear the questions that we're asking. Okay. But that same night, it was so crazy. That same night. We were, and things were just like, I have a video of a flashlight flying off a ledge. I was shocked they didn't use that because I had two cameras on it from two different angles. Um, and it was right in front of me down in the basement. And you can see me step back and say, what the hell? We also on that same night were upstairs in the attic room. And there is a picture of me and that same lady, Iris. And the child spirit kept coming through and we have this picture and i'm going to show you guys you, y'all listening can't see it yeah but we'll have this me. on uh, instagram that's twitter my Facebook. backside and there's iris and who's between us uh-huh. and that. we have it we have a video of it also she did not move her head Okay, yeah. so that's not a because per- i was that's not a person like well i mean that's not a live person that's not a live person and the, wow. we had a photographer, and he, the way he was saying it was, you have to be still for a couple of seconds. And they, they have video that she did not move her head. Same night, I'm going to show you guys this picture too. We were in the Slavic room, and I was telling a story about uh, a patient of mine who had passed, and I saw her. I thought she was still alive. I saw her in her room. And she had given me an antique, and I had it with us. She was from Poland. Right here? Uh-huh. And the equipment started going off, and above my head there. And the same photographer took the picture, uh-huh. and above my head is a big cloud. Now, is, but they just is, don't is have like time to go orb? to all the rooms, huh? Is that an orb? or? It's a mist. And I've had that happen to me before. And I, when I was in my 20s, I remember clearly a miss because I called my husband and said, I think I'm losing my mind um, because there was like this big mist in my home in front of me. So, yeah, they and they saw it. And I was I had really hoped that they would use some of those pictures. But I think they just had so much going on at that location. And there's so many rooms that they couldn't use everything. But here's the that picture of that. The old oh, the man. Herschel. The old man? Yeah, I want to see this. Oh, the shadow? That is an old man's profile. Right there. Yeah, we were Uh all sitting down, and of course there was no older people, older men at our investigation. And no one was standing up. Yeah, we were all sitting down. Wow. But they did use the picture that Bethany took of the big hulking figure in the basement of what we think is, you guys might want to take a look at that, of what is we think the is the that's elemental. That's the one that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That one. go check it out. This is also featured on the show as well, um, because that's what one of the things I was talking about. And since then, we got a, um, 
I was standing in the doorway down there and I felt something on my left and I turned and took a few photographs and you can see a very similar figure forming in the doorway. Now do they like, do these figures, do they just show up out of nowhere? Do they form? Do they walk in? Do they walk out, cloud out? A little bit of everything. Yeah. It just depends. Yeah. It depends on how, how much energy they have. Okay. All right, so let's let's finish up talking about the television show, and there's a few other things I want to talk about. But um, as far as the actual, you know, the day of, you know, the experiences that you guys had firsthand, not what you watched on the television show, is there, you know, you guys got any funny takeaways from it? Any scary takeaways from it? Any, like, everybody needs to hear this before they, like, anybody who has not watched the episode... What would you tell them before they watch the episode? I would have to say what we heard the most from people, and I was so pleased to hear this because you hear a lot of people say that especially, you know, a lot of the shows, especially Ghost Adventures, had become maybe a little theatrical. And credibility is really hard. I mean, once you lose credibility, it's really hard to get it back. And we've worked really hard to get you know, to earn our credibility, to earn that. And uh, when they had that episode out, and let me, I was like, oh, what are they going to show? What are they going to say? What are they going to do? Yeah, it's your livelihood, but it's your passion project. Yeah, and we, and how are they going to present us? Because that does represent us. And we were so pleased because we had so many people contacting us saying that was like old school ghost adventures pure investigating i mean there was one time when aaron got a little you know weird on the steps that's okay we have fun too on our investigations but it was real deal investigating not this you know seeing uh, something on the lsls camera and screaming or anything like that and a lot of the shows do that i i, I get it um we'll be on investigations and we'll th- I mean, if you look at my post today, AZ Ghost Adventures, AZ Ghost Adventures, Evidence and Discussion, two separate Facebook pages. <laughs> if you look at it, I posted uh, videos, and we have SLS stuff on there all the time. So it always surprises us when we, you know, when we watch these shows, not just their show, any of them, and people are screaming that they get something on the we're SLS like, cameras. We're just like, oh, we got something. Yeah, we're Except lucky. Except some people, oh my God, there it is. <laughs> Dave Cam. <laughs> Did you see that? <laughs> it appeared as if out of nowhere. <laughs> we get some crazy. We get some crazy shit. We get some crazy stuff. I want to talk about that. <laughs> um, but you know, again, wrapping up again with the television show. You guys, this what they didn't just do bullion. You guys said they wound up doing a, a another show here yeah. in Arizona. Yeah. So I was like, well, hell. If they're going to come do bullion, they need to come do Acadia Ranch, which is an old TV sanatorium. Small building. It's not big. Uh, In Oracle, Arizona. And it's a wonderful building. Mm -hmm. Lots of history to it. Uh, And they came out and investigated there. And, you know, again, uh, some of our guest investigators were who they spoke with. And, you know, what's really cool is these little towns like Miami, Arizona and Oracle, Arizona. I mean, they are podunk towns. Now You'll you, blink, and you, you're, you you're pass the room. And you were the only one from your team featured on both episodes, right? They they wouldn't let me be. I was at both filmings, but they wouldn't let me be on both episodes okay. because they don't. That's 
they just don't. And they were so close together that they couldn't have me on both of Got them. But as far as like the Acadia episode, what you know, what's the takeaways from Acadia? Like, what's the importance of what is Acadia? Where is Acadia? Like Oracle? Where's Oracle? I'm, I'm gonna... It's far away. It's in a land far, far away. It's in another galaxy. I'm trying to use your Star Wars terminology, even though I've never watched it. (laughs) (laughs) This is the one, and you said Oracle. Oracle, yeah. Tucson. It's it's by Tucson. That's about where is it? Like 45 minutes hour from Tucson. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's a small You said Acadia, community. for whatever reason I was thinking downtown Phoenix, but okay, go on, Acadia. You're thinking Arc- Arcadia. Arcadia, yeah, yeah, you're right. All right, so um, tell us about Acadia. So it was built as a ranch, a sheep ranch, I want to say, back in 1888, and uh, it's, it had many purposes, and at one point in the 1920s, it was used as a TV sanatorium. Uh you know, a lot of people came out to Arizona. I mean, Cave Creek, one of the areas that we go to, the Cave Creek Museum, uh, which has the last standing TB tubercular cabin in Arizona. Um, just putting a plug in there for them. So, I'll be your Huckleberry. Because <laughs> we investigate there, too. Um, but, yeah, it was used as a tubercular, uh, a tubercular house or a tubercular ranch, and it's... You know, tuberculosis, nasty, gnarly disease, and it was that was before uh, antibiotics. That's what took out Don Holiday. And they, you know, and in that area, because we go to American Flag Ranch, which is also right by it, uh, which is the oldest territorial post office that's still standing. Um, Doc Holiday, Big Nose Kate, Buffalo Bill Cody, all went through that area, and um, we. Yeah, we've, we've had a, a lot of spirits of patients come through, a lot of spirits of people who lived in it. And I don't know the names of these people, and then I'll debrief with the director the next day who runs it, John, John Hernandez, another plug out there, Oracle Historical Society. <laughs> Are these original structures, or did they yes. model them? Or? Nope, original structures. Original. original structures. Wow. And you'll know when it's the middle of winter and you're freezing your ass off, or it's 120 <laughs> degrees and there's no air conditioning, and you're just, like, melting. But um, did I tell you paranormal investigating was glamorous? Did I mention that? Yeah, Very glamorous. Yeah, yeah, somewhere along the sentence, furry cuffs. <laughs> Something like that. Anywho. So. But, yeah, it was, a, it was an old TV sanatorium, and they, you know, the building housed a morgue room. and Because uh, that's where every good story starts. So I was in the morgue. Yeah. And we, uh, we've, I, oh, gosh, that building... I remember one time I was in the kitchen doing, running a part of an investigation and the kitchen door opened up. I'm like, well, that's odd. I'm pretty sure it was locked. And it's very dark, like behind the kitchen, just dark, like feeling dark and heavy. And then you go upstairs and there's like a well. Um, but I, I, the, that, later that night, I know I locked it. I know I locked it. It was a skeleton key lock. And I walked into the morgue room, and my I was walking back into the kitchen, and my son was walking in through another door, and the kitchen door is wide open. Yeah. And there are only four of us in the building, and we were do, we were you know putting all the equipment away. And I asked, him, I said, did you open that door? He goes, no. 
did you lock it? I said, I sure did. So since then they've put a, like a deadbolt lock on it because the door kept opening. Right. So and there's a lot of stereotypes out there. And one of them is spirits. They like travel through solid objects. So mm -hmm. like the deadbolt, what's that going to stop? Um, it just takes a lot more energy. Well, we're talking about a door physically opening. So that gotcha. takes a lot more energy right. to manipulate something like that. Okay. So, so but, do, you guys, do you guys only go to old places? No. I mean, like if somebody calls you and says, I think there's something going on in my house, will you go? Uh, we don't do residential only because, if it's a friend of mine, yeah, I'm going to go to their house. I want to okay. see what's going on. But we don't Have do, you? possibly, we I got my own house too. <laughs> Both of my houses. <laughs> but um, but we uh, we are a business, and you know we we I run it like a a business, and we have you know certain things that we abide by with our liability insurance and things like that. Okay. And I just feel like if you and it's just not my wheelhouse either. I mean that's something I could change, but it's not my wheelhouse. Um, I feel like when you go into someone's space. That is a whole different dynamic. Someone's personal space. And honestly, I've heard horror stories too about teams that go into houses and the people come back saying, oh, you took something out of my medicine chest. Oh, and I mean, okay. these are upstanding teams, people that would never, ever do something like that. Yeah. So it's just... Or making it worse. Or making it worse. They'll come out and say, I would hate... Well, you now they're worse. I mean, have that one heard in court, right? So, um, so yeah, I just, it's just that makes not sense. my, yeah, it's not my, it's, it's just not. Yeah. I don't do it. So, so you had nothing to worry about. They could have brought their equipment here. And, and they said the term insurance. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm insured. <laughs> All right. So of the two episodes that they filmed, you, you guys investigate both sites. It, yeah. Yeah. Which one was the hotter episode? Which one's the hotter site to investigate? Or are they one the same? Bullion? Bullion. Okay. And it's a much bigger, much bigger location. Mm -hmm. So much more opportunity for things to happen. And yeah. again, Bullion, I, I love Acadia Ranch. Bullion yes. is my second home. I mean, we, I spend so much time out there that we got a house near there because it was just, didn't want to be doing the driving back and forth and things like that. Because it's a mountain drive. So, so yeah, it's, I go in that, I feel very comfortable in that entire building. I won't go down in the basement by myself though. Right. Or the tile room. Or the tile room. Yeah. The, <laughs> you're talking about the bullion site, not your bullion house or your. No, I love my bullion house. Or, right. no, now I'm going to start calling it the bullion house. <laughs> the bullion house. <laughs> Bullion's not a city, it's a name. <laughs> anyway. Um. Okay, so shifting away from the television show and just going specifically to investigations that you've either done, you know, via your business or, or personally. Um, want to talk about like you know the scariest encounter either of you ever had. I want to talk about the most joyful encounter either of you ever had, whether it be funny or just like a happy experience. Before we get into that, let's touch on like a few like if if you're new to you know. You know, ghost adventures, or, you know, paranormal investigations. Um, not just in Arizona. We got a lot of listeners, you know, not just in Arizona. There's listeners in California, listeners in, a lot of listeners in Tennessee. We have one listener, uh, the, the cranky bastard. I can't figure out who he is in Ireland. 
Uh, we get pings in Illinois, pings in Oregon, pings, you know, a little bit all over the world. Just kind of give us a, where are some places that you want to go? Where are some places that you've been, not just Arizona? And then before we end this, we're, we, we always like to end on happy notes, but there's a story about a little boy Bethany is going to tell here in a minute. But let's just start with the other, you know, sites like, you know, Ghost Adventures 101. And this is why I told you this cat was a dick. He's being very disruptive. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> uh, I have to say my scariest story is when I was down, it was at Bullion, and I was downstairs in the basement. We were doing an SD session. So I'm blindfolded, and I have headphones on, and I'm listening. All I can hear is a spirit box, and all of a sudden, something kept grabbing me. And I'm like, it was grabbing my butt. And I jumped up. And the hard and firm rule with us is, A, you're respectful to the site, the location, and you're respectful to the spirits. I don't care if the, the spirit was a dick in life and in death. You are respect. That's their home. And I have to go back there. So, and it's just being respectful, too. It's, it's common courtesy. And, um, but, but we tell people, you know, you got to be respectful and no screaming and running. I mean, you get scared and you scream, but no running. Um, and I was down in the basement and again, I'm blindfolded and something just kept grabbing me. And it, at first, you know, if you are heightened because your senses are heightened because you're blindfolded and you've got headphones on and something grabs your ass, you're going to jump up. And I did. And I didn't take the blindfold off though. And I just yelled, stop touching me. And I, then I could feel it. You feel like something is around you. And like smothering you or like just like walking you? around you, like crouching around you, like stalking you like a bully, like you're a prey. Okay. Got yeah. It. And it's, it's, you know, and it, we came around and it started wrapping around my leg and I could feel this sensation like a big boa constrictor was wrapping around my leg. And I said, stop touching me. You're not allowed to touch me. Well, I didn't know they had an SLS camera on me, and they were getting They that. were seeing the whole thing. They were seeing the whole thing. Yeah. Because the SLS camera uses that Connect technology, picks up anomalies, and it was mapping out something, doing exactly what I was yeah. saying it was doing. So, yeah, that was, again... So, like, monkey see, monkey do, like, copycat type stuff? Like if you move, it moves. Like type. Thing? Well, if I if it's mapping me and I move, yeah, it'll it'll do it. So we tell a lot of people if we have the cameras on them, lift your right arm so we can because it also mirrors what we're looking at, so it puts everything kind of in a in a flipped view, and we get our bearings with them. But if someone's doing this and then they say, I feel something holding my hand, and we have something hanging down from the ceiling touching their hand. That but and we don't tell them what we see. We don't yeah. want them to know what we see because you don't want Until to. Until they say something. Yeah, you don't want to, you know, subliminally have them saying something. You don't want to spook so, them, but you don't want to spook whatever it is you're investigating either. Exactly. So that would be the scariest one. And you tell the good one, Bethany. Uh, about the little boy? Well, that's not really good. That's kind of sad. <laughs> well, it's good that he came forward. But it is good. So, okay, let's, let's go with that. Okay, so this is at Acadia Ranch, and there's a, there's a little boy who, in the early 30s, I think it was 36, he died. Mm-hmm. He was seven years old. Seven? seven Robert Van Horn. He was, was seven. he seven or not? Mm-hmm. Seven. seven, yeah. And he had got a hold of his dad's pistol and actually shot himself playing with it on the porch. 
And so he is actually buried at the Oracle Cemetery, which is about half a block from Acadia. And we like to go there and, um, you know, leave toys for him and clean, up uh, clean, clean it up and, and stuff. And we were at Acadia doing an investigation and we were outside um, in front of the maternity, sh- what we call the maternity shed. And we had, we were talking with the spirit box and um, somebody asked, do you miss your family? And you could hear the little boy saying, yes, like it was sad. Like he was about to cry. Okay, so I guess that wasn't a happy one. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> Thanks, Bethany. You ruined it. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sure you guys can come up with some happy stories before we end this. But, like, you say you leave the toys at the site. Mm-hmm. What yeah. happens to those toys? Do you know? Do they... They stay there. They, we, yeah, we, we think he knows that they're there. Yeah. He's, I mean, we've asked questions. Do you like the toys that we bring? And stuff, and yeah. All right, well, you're thinking of happy stories. Let's talk about some must, must investigate sites that you personally have investigated, either one of you or both of you, uh, in Arizona and, you know, outside of Arizona. What are, you know, besides, you know, obviously Bullion, Obviously, Acadia Ranch, but where are some must-see places? The jail, the Globe Jail, mm-hmm. is incredibly haunted also. And That's, it's not that far from uh, Bullion. And that was, we've had another terrifying experience there, too, recently. The banging. <gasps> oh, I forgot about that. We right, were, let's hear about yes. it. <laughs> so, uh, we were just, like, throughout the night, we had been hearing uh, numerous bangs that sound like cell doors closing and... Um, you know, stuff hitting the doors and, and windows. Checked, we and checked the front door multiple times to make sure it was locked. Yeah, we legit thought there was a real person just walking around that shouldn't have been in there because the the noises were that loud. And uh, it, we would hear um, a, a bang in one room, so we'd go follow it and investigate, you know, see what's going on. And then as soon as we get over here, we would hear a bang over here. So we'd go over here and check out the bang. And it wasn't just a bang. It was, we we were able to replicate the sound. It was a cell door hitting metal. And like it, those doors bang, are heavy. Really loud, those doors yeah. are heavy. Like you really have to use some force to close them. Yeah. And so is this the just fucking with you? Or is oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. And, and it knew because there were, at one point there were only three of us in the building. Okay. So he's just being a dick. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, like, and yeah, it was like evil cool. or sense of humor. I think it was just jacking with us, yeah. and and we were like fishing a barrel because because we got we got to you know to an area where there was you there was no out, there was no out, and you're hearing multiple bangs going on around you, and we had a live going. We were doing a TikTok live at the time, and I was like, and you know my thing is you never run away, you know, <laughs> and she's got the camera on me, and I'm thinking. <laughs> I really want to walk away right now and it was just like okay well we're gonna pick up we're gonna start picking up our equipment and you know and I realized I mean again nothing has ever hurt us there I realized it was just jacking with us but yeah but in all seriousness though when I say um you should never disrespect the spirits from the jail I did have a spirit follow me home all right, let's and hear it, was, about that. it was terrifying um and again i'm someone who has paranormal happen in all my homes i've lived in people have seen full-bodied apparitions bethany has seen the shadow figures i'm used to stuff turning on and off 
I got it, right? I'm at home one night, and well, I was at the jail the night before, and one of their most infamous uh, prisoners, Kingsley Olds, uh, was imprisoned for, uh, uh, okay. can we get in trouble for words that we say? Is it, is language like? No, you're good. Okay. So he was, you know, I'm just used to TikTok eyes getting kicked off of it. So he was uh, imprisoned for murdering the two, two young Gazwick girls, Myrtle and Lulu. And then apparently he shot himself in the jaw. And then while he was in this jail cell, which there's a whole nother, that would be like a whole nother episode for y'all to do with us. Um, he was assassinated from the courthouse across the street. And oh, wow. Yeah, and but he was kind of like a fish in a barrel there. Amazingly, we felt like a fish in a barrel in yep. that same area, right, with yep. all the banging. So I, I had been going to the J for a while, and, and I always am respectful to the spirits. But for one day, I was just like, you know, you must have felt like a really big guy, you know, doing that to those two girls. And that would you taunted. I, the I did taunt it, and I never shit. taunt it, right? Yeah, shame on me. And uh, the next day I'm at home, because I didn't get home until like three that night. The next day I'm home at night and I'm in the bedroom by myself reading my Kindle and my night lights on. And my husband had dozed off in the living room in his reclining chair. And I see this big figure walk across the foot of my bed, clearly. And I thought it was my husband. And I put down my Kindle and I said, oh, you're coming to bed? Yeah, there was no one there. Huh. I know what I saw. And it was just one of those... How far away from the site, how far away to your house, I, I should say? Ooh, 100 miles. So, does like, miles? he get in a freaking car? Does he just, like, teleport? Like The spirits, <laughs> you know, time and space mean nothing Okay. when it comes to that. I mean, just that just goes away. And, uh, and so I was like, that was the one I... Ha, me having seen multiple shadow figures throughout my life in my homes, but that I knew that didn't belong there. And just the way it like across the foot of my bed, like it was walking right in front of my bed. And it was one of those, you know, you were talking about you didn't want to put your foot on the ground because the monsters will get you. And that's what I didn't want to do. I was terrified to put my foot outside of the bed and you know step out and I literally ran to the living room and woke my husband up and said you need to come to bed and didn't tell him why and because uh, he's a huge skeptic and he came to bed and at about three in the morning my the bed shook like and nothing will wake him so he didn't feel it the bed shook like someone kicked it and a man's voice yelled in my ear hey scared the shit out of me again yeah i just yeah. like look at my yeah right now. <laughs> and i so the next day i contacted one of my one of the mediums that we use and i was like well, i i fucked up <laughs> i have fucked up so what do you do you have a medium then come to your house and try and well no, them? they told me what like, to do they told me what to do and um is it like burning sage and stuff like well, that? Well, no, it's not just burning sage. It's, it's, it's more of a conversation. You have a conversation. And it's like, okay, I understand. I, I was wrong. I did the wrong thing. You know, I understand. I pissed you off. You know, this, this, this. But this is my home. You need to leave. You're not welcome here. 
I will be respectful whenever I go back to your home, but you need to be respectful and leave my home. And um, in fact, another a medium that we use a lot, Anae, she had come to my house and said, you also have, uh, because I live on old Hohokam land, she said, you have a Native American spirit here, and there's some others, and they assisted in pushing, Removing. pushing that out. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So Interesting. To initiate the help of spirits to remove spirits. Yes. Because I would imagine Arizona is probably like a hot spot for like Native American yes. history. Yes, it, it is. Yeah, I'm very respectful. I, you know, I wish I knew more about the Native American culture. I'm incredibly respectful of it. I think it's a very strong culture because a lot of it's it, a lot of it revolves around again what we were talking about that elemental something coming from the earth it's the, it, there's just so much more one in one with you know with the earth with they the haven't ground. been modernized so they don't know any difference so there's no skepticism whatsoever in their spiritual exactly yeah belief. yeah okay so but yeah that was that was that was that was scary when something like you know it's one thing if you're in a location something happens but it's another thing when it follows you home and it's in your bedroom and you're by yourself in your bedroom so 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 let me ask you this um is there anywhere that you would love to go and investigate i'm not just saying here in arizona like anywhere oh i'd love to go to transylvania love to go to Waverly. I was looking that up today. Well, maybe, uh, I guess they're, they're not doing any investigations at the, at the moment. Yeah. Um, but just, you know. Like, would you ever do Alcatraz? <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. In and fact, I, I was to... in California not too long ago. I was like, why didn't I get an extra day out here? I, I want to go to some, like, sanitarium, like the mm-hmm. mental health asylums and yeah. stuff like that. Because I feel, I feel like those would be... I mean, I would have loved to have done Mantino, but that place is tore down. Yeah. Yeah. And, huh. you know, but it doesn't even... Here's the funny thing about the paranormal. It doesn't, ha- it doesn't have to be an old building. It doesn't have to be a big... Now, granted, a lot of trauma happened in those sanatoriums and hospitals and things mm-hmm. like that. But sometimes you could take the most normal-looking run-of-the-mill... My house in Houston, brand new house, and it had massive poltergeist activity in it. So, you know, you just don't know what you're going to get. For those of our listeners who their only experience with poltergeist is the 80s movies and that terrible 2000-something remake, what's a poltergeist? So, you know, I think that what they call it's noisy ghost. And um, they just move things around. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, ideas about is it like people that are causing it and you know, that it happens around teenage girls more because they're emotionally they're causing things to happen. Now, I do believe spirits feed off of energy. That's what, that's what they, you know, that's like their food. Um, but... I've had TVs turn on and off. The old stereos where you had to turn on with knobs. Yeah. Turn on and off, and the stations change. Uh, things fall off of t- fly off of tables. Uh, things move around. Toys start and start moving around on the ground on their own. Cabinets open and close. So. And none of that makes it so that you just like don't sleep at night. Well, I. 
lights sometimes. <laughs> okay. Lights on. <laughs> okay, that's what you I want. I don't feel. I don't. I don't feel unsafe in my home. If I felt. If I felt unsafe, I wouldn't. I, I, I guess that wouldn't like the house that we just got in Globe. I walked in the moment we walked in, uh, which is the city right next to Miami, Miami. where Bullion is. And I walked into the house and it was just like, I wasn't even in the house for 20 minutes and we put an offer on it. I said, this feels good. I like this. I like the feel of this house. And even my husband was like, well, that's weird. You didn't even like open any of the cabinets. I said, I just like the feeling of it. Come to find out after we, after we start staying <laughs> there, um, a friend pulls up in front of it who lives there, who lives there and she goes, she calls me from her car parked in front of the house. And I was like, yeah, come on in. She goes, you bought the fucking haunted house? I oh, kind of fitting. <laughs> I was like, what are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> and uh, the house was built in 1950, a little bungalow, and apparently it's got a history of being haunted. And it's funny because I'll be talking to people in the town and tell them where I live, and they're like, oh, yeah, that's that haunted house. Well, I mean, haunted <laughs> is such a loaded statement, though, because, like, you know, you hear haunted and, like, people immediately think of, like, you know, ghouls and goblins and, like, the evil side of things. Like, haunted as a definition doesn't necessarily mean evil. No, done. No, no. So, it's just a spirit. Yeah, again, we're, we're, we're getting to, to the happy stuff. I'm going to extract some happy thoughts out of you people because <laughs> we're going to need them. But, like, you, know, you, you keep bringing in this term respect. And, you know, that's kind of where, case in point, my wife, probably our biggest advocate for this show, she encouraged us to start it. When she found out that uh, you guys were coming on, nobody was more excited than she was. But she said, with respect, I don't want to be down there and listen. She's like, I don't want to listen. And, you know, again, with respect, she doesn't want to watch the episode. Because she she fears what she doesn't know. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, you know, the big thing about, you know, paranormal investigation. There's just a lot of unknown. There is, yes. yeah. So that's why I asked you that question earlier. I'm going to ask it again now that I've kind of, you know, explained that a little bit. What are some of the, you know, in, in terms of being respectful, like what are some do's and don'ts when investigating? Like what are some some <coughs> stereotypes that are just absolute bullshit? And, you know, what would you encourage? Like let's just say you had like this, you know, this young team up, up and coming, excuse me. They wanted to start, you know, you know their their own paranormal investigations, and then maybe possibly like you know, just such as you to turn into a business. What's your advice to those guys? Not everything is demonic. Not everything is demonic. <laughs> uh, everyone exp- the exact same thing I say in all our investigations. Mm-hmm. Everyone experiences the paranormal differently, and everyone has different like gifts. Is the only word I can think of using. Um, and don't ever let anyone tell you that their way is the right way. Because I have had other, te- other like, I'm going to use the word teams, come after me saying, we don't like the way that you investigate. We don't like the equipment that you use. We don't like this. We don't like this. And I'm like, I don't give a shit what you like. Because you don't investigate like I investigate. And what makes your piece of electronic equipment better than my piece of electronic equipment and actually I use some of the most simplified equipment out there like my dowsing rods which are 
historically the oldest type of equipment that anyone out there is using in uh, paranormal investigating. So it's find what works for you. And or Doppler radars, like they've got all these satellites, all this other shit that they've got out there now. And they can't find a damn balloon, right? They can't find a damn balloon. <laughs> What's the number one, you know, technology piece of technology they use for measuring weather? Doppler. So I mean, okay. yeah. I, so I, it's I just say. find what works for you. I mean, some people are into all the gadgets. Some people are into just using a camera. Some people, and that's fine. Whatever works for you is fine. Um, because you, you, again, you like Bethany is great at getting photographs with shadow figures. I, you know, I have, I, uh, love using my dowsing rods or, you know, divining rods, whatever you'd like to call them. So that advice wise, that would be my thing is you have to find what works for you. I, I liken it to when I work with my patients, I can have five patients with the exact same diagnosis. They're each going to get a different treatment. Well, one of the reasons you're here, again, is it's, you know, everything's based on trust and relationships. I have a relationship with this person next to you. So trust was built. I don't believe her to be a fake. Mm -hmm. So when she is telling a story, she's got my Mm buy-in. A lot of, you know, we'll we'll call them customers in your field now. They They don't have the benefit of a relationship and trust. So how, how would you advise those people to decide between the bullshitters and the authentics? And they just have to go and they, because it's not my place. It's not my place to, you know, do that policing of the other teams for them. They, and you know what? And our team may not be the type. Well, I feel we're very credible and that's incredibly important to me. We may not be the flavor for everybody. Other people may like ways that other teams do things. Um, but Bethany had a great experience when, when you talk about you know, skeptics, where we were, at, we were helping the City of Globe with something, and we were at the train depot, and there was a, a film crew that had been filming at the jail, but wanted, they, since they were in town, they were like, okay, oh, we come to the train depot also. And the first thing that this guy said it was a guy and his wife, and it was just me and Bethany there with him. And the train depot is another great location in Globe. And the first thing out of his mouth was, I just want you to know I don't believe in this. What was his name, Mike? Then and he goes, I don't believe in here? this. <laughs> <clears throat> and I'm like, okay, that's not my job to change your mind. I'm just going to show you what we do. Because if I, if I try to change your mind right there and then, I lose my credibility. That's not my job to do that. Because I you're can't. defending yourself when yeah. you... I, sh- I show you what I get, and if you believe it, great. If you don't believe it, well, you know... Yeah. Okay, that's okay too. And so we this guy was only supposed to be with us for two hours filming. It was like six hours later and I finally had to kick him out because my feet were killing me. I mean, it was just like, oh my God, I've been on my feet all night. Um, <laughs> because Bethany was doing an Estes. We took him into uh, this small portion of the, we call it the Baby Depot. It's what they call it the museum. And it's actually where the... Uh, the caskets of the soldiers who were brought back from war were that's where the caskets were for the families to come pick them up so it's a pretty solemn room and it has a lot going on around it and uh what were you get you were doing the estes and what were you feeling bethany so uh, like i was sitting there and i could feel like the floor moving at my feet like somebody was walking around in front of me and i and i, and I was like oh i can I feel something 
walking. I can feel the floor moving. And the guy, um, so after I took my blindfold off, the floor was concrete. So it wasn't like floorboards moving. It was straight concrete. So, so nothing was actually moving. And the guy, the the filmmaker, he had his camera um, on me because we were, at the same time that I was feeling this, we had two different SLS cameras in different angles getting a, a figure around my feet at the same time, two different cameras. So it was like, it wasn't just one camera getting it, it was two. Well, and you had said, you said something's on my lap yeah. and it feels like it's sliding down to my feet. Yeah. And at the same time, we were both, we both had cameras and we were getting the same thing as something on her lap. Now yeah. she doesn't know this guy, she's blindfolded and headphones on and we got something on her lap sliding down to her feet. But it, so. was, it was the the validation because we had two different angles shooting the same thing and then right after that happened a door next to her mm-hmm. and she's unaware of this but a door next to her just started going boom, boom boom and we're like well that's weird because there's no window it was a closet but there was no window there so what was making that door and we were in a closed building what was making that yeah. door doing just as the thing so the thing slid off her lap to her feet and then the door that was right next to her it's like it went through that door and at the end he was he was like okay so you guys did a yeah i'm i'm changing my thoughts on this <laughs> i'm so intrigued i mean i i think it's absolutely amazing no really i do i Unlike scaredy pants over there, I I think it would be, I think it would be actually a lot of fun. It is. It's really you know and you get and the great thing is you get to learn you get to learn the history. So you yeah. you take something away yeah. with you, and I think that's why a lot of people I, when we started this, I said it puts everything in context what you're having happen, um, and so a lot of people come back and they just are learning more about the or they'll look up on their own. And they'll bring me. They're like, oh, did you know this happened? And I'm like, well, gee, thanks. Uh, and it's, so it's, it, yeah, it's almost like a, a addiction. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. Well, especially as you keep finding more and more stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we were talking about where do we want to go? Where do we want to go? We went to, we did a road trip and we did Las amazing Vegas and went places. all the way up to Nevada State Prison. That place is spectacular. Amazing. Really? Yeah. This place is huge, too. It's huge. And it's an active prison. So, like, there's half of it is active with still prisoners there, and the other half is just empty. So, we got to investigate the empty part. Really? Yeah. And like, the empty part, is it maintained or is it just like old, decrepit? It's not too decrepit. Most but of it's it is old. maintained. Yeah. There is a section, um, the upper yard, that wasn't maintained for a while because we were the first team to go in there. Okay. And so it, it was, um, like, I guess they said there was some birds that were found living in there and, like, some other animals that were found living in there. So it wasn't, like, totally decrepit, but no. it wasn't maintained. And I've heard talk about uh, the Florence prison closing eventually. I would love to be able to go in there just because of the history of the Florence mm-hmm. prison and the Blue Mist Hotel across the road from it. Um, well, that, that's a, I don't know anything about. I mean, that's I, another interesting story. I've driven story. past that <laughs> prison, but uh-huh. I don't know anything. Yeah, about Yeah, there it. was an inmate there, and his adoptive mother. He she he was furloughed uh, for a day or two, and met up with her at the 
blue mist and he uh, he he what's the word I'm thinking of um, how do you say chopped up into pieces mutilated <laughs> <laughs> I mean and yeah. I'm not laughing it wasn't funny but right. I you know yeah. uh, I'm laughing at myself not at the story and uh, it it was just like a he you know like a Bates Motel kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. It was and decapitated and yeah, dismembered. And like, dismembered and like distributed yeah. different parts and different dumpsters around yeah. the city. Yeah, so, and he's actually buried in um, Tucson. Uh, and this wasn't even that long ago either. Yeah, this was like in the no, 90s. No. So I would, if that place closes down, I would like to just really go in there um and see if there's, you know, if there's something there with that. That really sounds like a great movie. Yeah. That joke. <laughs> no, really. It, it, it probably will be on Netflix. They, they get all those ones. But that joke was featured on, I don't know what show it is. It's one of those shows where they, you know, put people in prisons and they, like, kind of video what the day in life is. That uh-huh. one was featured. Florence? Yeah, not long ago. Oh, wow. Was it? I yeah. had no idea. So how cool would that be if they actually got the double whammy? They close it, they investigate it, and then like Zach in the game comes back. <laughs> that would be pretty. Oh, wild. they totally would. They totally would. <laughs> All right. Tell me a story about Jerome and the Bones. Like I've I've heard. What is it? You're talking about the sidewalks. Yeah. <laughs> so. Like is um, that bullshit or is that true? No, it's true. So the crematoriums, they just used the ashes from the people, and uh, there was an explo- mining explosion there, and they, you know, the ashes of the people are just part of the sidewalks. You know, you no, have well, to think I mean, about that actually it. makes sense because they, they use ash in concrete, so, I mean... It makes sense in my mind. You know, when you go to a lot of these older cities, like I've investigated in Boston, great city. Um, and to investigate and uh, a lot like older buildings I investigated this one graveyard which was actually uh, what they would do is they'd have a graveyard and then when it got full they would just like build on top of it another graveyard but with the first graveyard what do they do with the headstones they it became part of the foundation for the building across the street Wow. So yeah, there was Dang. like no waste. That is nuts. <laughs> but that's that's not that uncommon. It, oh, I was just reading something the other day about uh, a building where yeah, headstones were used as part of the foundation. Yeah, I mean they didn't they weren't going to throw that stuff away. That's crazy. All right. Dang. So you mentioned Alcatraz. Mm-hmm. I'd love. She to go said there. something about Transylvania. I'd love to go there. Both of you, like, what's your answer to this one? If there is, like, all expenses paid, no budget, here's all the equipment you want, here you go, pick a spot, where are you picking? Transylvania. Bethany? I don't know. But I think I would like to investigate the catacombs. Oh, yeah. In Paris. What's the Pat Paris. In Paris. So it's, a, it's like an underground city, mm-hmm. and, uh, like, the walls <laughs> are literally built with skeletons mm-hmm, and bones like not like pieces like whole skeletons are like in the walls mm-hmm. and it's like a whole underground city in paris do you guys ever get invited to like go to like any of these places like outside of like just the ones that you see like have people now that the show has come and gone like you know is your your networking you know been boosted any 
It has. Yeah, it has. Um, we talk a lot, you know, another great thing, especially in Arizona, are hotels. Because Arizona, wild, wild west out here. I mean, there a lot of tawdriness going, went on, uh, you know, when Arizona was a lot younger. We were just in uh, Flagstaff at the Monta Vista. Phenomenal, phenomenal hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, we were just at uh, San Carlos in Phoenix. Very active. We had our camera going in the room. No one was in there. Lights turned on by themselves. Uh, we were at uh, the Mitzpah in Tonopah, another incredibly active mm-hmm. hotel. Tonopah, not up the ten. No, Tonopah. not that Tonopah in Nevada. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So, sorry. Yeah, I was talking Arizona, and then I'm. Sometimes I blur that line. Yeah, you ghost travel. Astral traveling. <laughs> but you know, hotels are wonderful mm-hmm. for uh, p- you know people who want to just do you know if you can't get on a like one of our types of investigations to go to a hotel and you don't have to have a bunch of super fancy equipment that's the thing you don't need to have all the bells and whistles so and you know your body you you yourself are probably the best piece of equipment Mm -hmm. you just feel it yeah yeah trust your gut i saw people trust your instinct too many of us have like pushed it aside you guys are looking at each other. Why were you just having that conversation? No, I think Chris would be the best because you just start hearing him screaming and running. You would know. <laughs> now, let me give you a visual representation. <laughs> For those, yeah, we're going to leave that one a mystery. I was just piggybacking him. Um, how many states have you investigated? A lot. Tennessee, one of them? Yes. Is the Blair Witch bullshit or is that a You know, I didn't go there. Um, And there was that mansion also in Nashville. Pardon me? There was also a mansion in Nashville. I just did a, I did a, uh, uh, it was like a a guided type of tour out there. Our hotel actually had quite a bit of activity in it. In Nashville? Oh, yeah. I mean, people, you know what, people die a lot in hotels. They, yeah. don't, they don't advertise that, but it there's a lot of hotels. You don't have to be an old old hotel to have spirits in it. I would love to go back to Florida and like investigate the hotel that like Bob Saget passed in because I want to get to the bottom of that. I miss that guy. Hawaii is a really neat place to investigate in, just because again, like the, the culture, Samoan culture. Uh, we were in. They're super uh, spiritual, right? Yeah, we were in Maui, and uh, I and it's great when you when you you know you start talking with the locals and tell them what you do. And I was like, wear one of my t-shirts, so it's kind of a little bit more believable. And uh, and they they all want to share their stories. Or you go down to the beach and you start asking, you know, the workers out there, and they want to share their stories too. And they actually directed us to an old abandoned high school. So we drove, and like, we're driving, and we're driving. And it's like, where the hell are we going? And you go down this road, and it's like, what the heck? And there's nothing there. And then there's ruins from this old school. Like Mayans. But I know. Not. But Hawaiians. Hawaiians. <laughs> Samoans, probably. And Islanders. <laughs> I was with my husband, and I said, okay, you can't be with me when I do this. Because he's super skeptical. He's and super skeptical. He's a hater. Yeah. And I said, just yeah. just go, 
you go explore over there. I'm going to stay over here. And, I'm gonna, and I kind of just walk around and I, it's one of those, your gut and, and I just tell people I'm not a, a medium, but I do have like, if I, I'll, I'll have like stories coming into my head when I'm investigating or like premonitory things. And so I, I walked to this one spot. It's like, okay, this is a good spot. And I was getting K2 activity, uh, no power lines, no power, no nothing. We're in the middle of nowhere. Just uh, raw to energy. my questions. And I wait be, between my questions to see, you know, if it's just an anomaly or whatnot. And I had my dowsing rods. And uh, it, but there are some neat locations in Hawaii. Okay. Uh, well, Illinois, of course, has some great uh, places. Bachelor's Grove. Of course, everyone knows about that out there. The only place I've ever investigated outside of Arizona and Nevada, I've been to Deadwood in South Dakota. South Dakota. And, um, yeah, I did some little mini investigating by myself at the cemetery where Wild Bill Hickok and um, Clammy Jane are buried. That was pretty interesting. Wow. What about, um, like, celebrity-type stories? you guys investigated any of those or want to investigate any of those like a like a bonnie and clyde story or something like that effect um you know we really want to investigate the haunted museum in vegas is that the one that zach owns yeah Mm -hmm. okay yeah in fact he was there last time we were there i walked in one of the rooms and he was standing there and the funny thing was i walked in another room and i was right next to sharon tate's dress and heard my name called clear as day and i turned around i thought it was bethany calling me and it's like that's the Manson yeah wow um it yeah I you know I just think because by default of being a famous person that doesn't make you any more hauntable right well we can we can adopt that we we are known to make up our own words yes (laughs) fruition because uh <laughs> just like I don't think cemeteries are that. I mean, there are spirits at cemeteries, but I don't think that cemeteries are necessarily. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tread carefully on this one here because I know I'm gonna offend a lot of people in Tennessee. All right, so Tennessee is part of the Bible Belt. Ah. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, I happen to I happen to be a Christian believer. Okay. Okay. My father he lives in South Central Kentucky. Literally, you know, between my brother's house and my dad's house, because they're all kind of like on that same parcel, sort of. There's a road that divides them. There's a cemetery. I've walked that cemetery at night, no fear. Mm-hmm. I was the IT tech for the church that I went to, you know, in the Nashville area. And I oftentimes would, you know, they would have, you know, services like on Saturday nights or events on Saturday nights. And then they would have to get ready for, you know, church service on Sunday morning. So there's that time in between. I have to get a lot of the multimedia ready. I was, you know, one of the media directors there. I'd be there at like 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning by myself. And I'm not going to say I felt like spirits or anything like that. I mean, you're in a church for crying out loud. But, like, I was uneasy being by myself in there. In the church itself? In the church itself. Uh-huh. But I've walked from my brother's to my dad's and just... On a Bud Light drunken night, <laughs> I was like, you know, I'm going to walk through the cemetery here. And I kind of walked through the edge of it. I mean, I had no fear whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I see what you're saying. I guess the point is, like, not everything's always what it seems. Like, you know, people, you know, they they think of, like, you know, the church. And, you know, I'm, I'm one of the people, like, again, 
I love Jesus. I don't like people. <laughs> I think people ruin it for other people. Mm-hmm. Um, but like just because like you know a, a building is where you congregate and you worship Jesus doesn't make that building any less historical in terms of like what happened in this building. Mm-hmm. You know, because like the, the church is notorious for burying their wounded, so to speak. Well, burying their wounded, and don't forget, it's a place of importance for the priests and the nuns who worked there. Yeah, well, I'm not cat. That's him. He he was Catholic or whatever preachers yes. or whatever. Yeah. The 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 people who worked there, that was their place. Or maybe there were people that that found so much solace there. That that was where that was the important spot for them to be. I don't think all spirits are are, you know. I, I think some are in a location because they want to be there. Right. I think spirits are in a location because they want to be there, but it could also be because they're stuck there or they don't know any differently. Yeah, it's um, an energy thing. Like you, it you is, feel yeah. an energy, and I'm not I'm I'm not gonna sit there and say I was scared. But I was nervous. I was uneasy. I didn't like being there by myself. Oh heck! I worked in a school, and I had a. Uh, I was my super. I shared a room with my supervisor, and I. It was an older school, but again, that doesn't matter. And she she was gone for a week, so I'd be there early in the morning until late at night because I wanted to get there before all the people, you know, before all the parents like clogged up where we could park. And I left after, you know, the parking lot was available to pull out. Uh, and I could keep hearing the, I kept checking the door and looking through the keyhole thinking there's someone outside my door or there's someone in the coat room. And I finally brought my equipment in one day because it was just me. I was by myself for a week and did some investigating. And when she came back, I asked her, I said, uh, is, is, is this school haunted? And she goes, well, Why? And she was kind of like you. She didn't know, and ignorance is bliss. Yeah. And she and I told her everything had gone on. I said, I can tell you, it's a woman. This is how old she was. This is what she did. And she is really upset at the way kids act this, these days. And she's like, let me show you something. And she took me down to an area of the school that I had never been in because I worked between two schools. So I you know, didn't have time to be farting around in areas I didn't need to be in. And there is a plaque for this teacher who that was her life. And, and I even told my supervisor, I said, she didn't die here, she got sick here, but she didn't die here. Sure enough, the woman had had a heart attack, but had died, at, she had a heart attack at school, but died at the hospital. Right. But that was, that was her place, of, that meant so much to her, that place meant so much to her. And you know, of course, then I freaked out my, my supervisor and she was even more freaked out after I left the job <laughs> because then she had to be there by herself. But, um, but yeah, it's just places that are important to people. Well, here's, I'll tell another story and it's another one of the reasons why you know, Steph, my wife, she's, you know, she doesn't want to, her thing is she, what she doesn't know, <laughs> she doesn't want to, you know, make a, like a false perception up type mm-hmm. thing. She's very much a, a believer in, you know, the supernatural, things like that. Um, we went to Southern California, you know, just visiting home, I don't know, three, four years back, whatever it was. And, you know, her mother had passed. It was not expected, but it was kind of sudden, if that makes sense. Like, she was diagnosed with, I mean, how long did she have cancer for? Like, she was, like, given six months. She lasted, like, what, two and a half years? But then, like, there was one day, like, you know, she got sick on a Sunday. She was gone by Thursday. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't 
not expected. It was just kind of sudden. It's like, okay, well, now it's here. So we went to go spread her ashes. I've never heard of the, you know, the thing where, like, you know, like a feather comes up on your foot or whatever type thing, right? Um, Steph had a hard time with it. You know, she, you know, it's one of those things, like, you, you don't know what you have till it's gone. And, you know, she always wished for that, like, one last conversation with her mom rather than it being, like, in a hospital bed. So we went and we spread the ashes and Dana Point. I was there. I took a picture of it. She, um, she spread the ashes and then the waves came in and it, you know, washed, you know, the water that she had just spread the ashes in on her feet. We were barefoot. Mm-hmm. And a feather landed on her foot. I took a picture of it. Now... Call it skepticism or call it just realism, whatever it is, is like, okay, this is a beach. Seagulls are everywhere. Feathers are going to come up. But, like, I've never had a feather land on my foot. Here's the significance of the feathers. We've been, like, in, you know, this is our second house that we've had since she passed. I remember one time we were talking about her in, you know, a grocery store parking lot not far from here. And, you know, we went and we, we just grabbed one of the carts and there was a feather in the cart. Um, feathers would come up like at the other place at this very place we were having a conversation about her mother I went to go take uh, the garbage out on the side and there was a feather in my dumpster pad I don't get birds on my property so like things like that like like do you believe like you know our loved ones kind of leave us messages and signs and things like that why not okay what's your experience with that like what's some good stories you've heard with that like because these this is where I'm going like with the happy thoughts oh okay um well, I know, I, I have not, I, I think it's quite possible. I'm not, I certainly am not in the position to judge and say, no, it, it can't happen. Um, have I had anything like that happen to me? Uh, no. Have you had anything happen? I haven't. But, but I look at other things as signs, like when I see amazing rainbows or something like that, um, or uh, I'll I'll just hear like I have bells hanging on my doorknob, and I'll hear it, and it's my dog hits the bells to be let outside, and I'll hear the bells ringing, but the door the dog's in her crate, and it's so it's just like whatever is there is letting me know it's there. Right. Like hey, I'm here, I'm here. Now who it is, I don't know. Um, but, and both my parents passed when I was quite a bit younger, so I don't have that. I, I do have to say I have, I'll, I'll share an experience though. Um, I had a gal come to one of my, I was living, this was back in Texas and she and her sister were, they were driving through and she's like, Hey, can we spend the night at your house? I was like, yeah, sure. And I gave her sister my son's room and her sister, um, the next morning came downstairs. She goes, is your house haunted? And I was like, why? Because <laughs> again, back then you didn't brag about, you didn't, I mean, people would think that you were like a nut job. And I was like, why? And she said, well, I, uh, saw this child at the, she goes, I was laying down and I realized I needed to put my glasses on the nightstand and the room had uh, like a street light outside of it. So there was like a little bit of a sheen of light in it. And she said, I sat up to put my glasses on the nightstand and there was a child standing at the foot of my bed. She goes, but it didn't scare me at all. 
Right. She goes, I, at first I thought it was your son because about the same age. And she goes, and it stepped backwards where the closet was and disappeared. Wow. She goes, but I wasn't afraid. I went to sleep. <laughs> and I was like, huh. And I pulled out a picture of a family member that had passed at the, you know, a, a, at the same age and some other pictures. I was like, do you see the person in the, any of these pictures? And she pointed to the person that I thought it was. So I feel like we've had, I've had some spirits following me. And again, the mediums have confirmed this and I, I don't tell them anything. Um, but you know, to, to know that there's a family member that is, you know, following you and, uh, and looking out for you that what, what I've been told is this, this person is just kind of keeping an eye on, keeping an eye on you. That to me is that I like, that is very good. So that's why I don't feel afraid. Oh, how to be, how horrible to be in a home and be afraid of the spirits that are there. Right. Cause they're kind of everywhere. Sorry to break the news to you. No, and I know that I just, (laughs) again, there's, it, to me, it's not the fear of the unknown; it's the fear of the known. Yeah, if that makes sense. But I remember the significance with the feathers; like they let off doves at the funeral, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was kind of like the significance with that, and like, you know, let's be honest. You know, people say shit. That is exactly that. It's shit, but it's shit to us, but it's not shit to them. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not saying that, like, you know what. You know, her and her sisters were saying, well, shit, it was just like, okay, well, you know, that's what you believe that makes you feel better. But there's validity behind it because it's happened on several occasions. Go walk my property. You're not going to find a speck of bird shit Yeah, anywhere. I mean, but yet, there's the a coinc- feather. <laughs> that many coincidences? Right. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, okay, maybe there's something to this. Because, like, well, even to this day, we were having a talk the other day, me and him, you know, like, we had a pretty cool mother-in-law. You know? It's like, you, you don't take advantage of it when they're there. It's always when they're gone. It's like, okay, you know what? We, 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 we had our complaints, but, you know, wasn't all bad. Yeah. So it's like it makes you, it, you know, those are feel-good thoughts that you have. You well, have feel-good moments. And I've and had, Granted, there's a lot of other moments, but that's, you, you, you know, I, I think ultimately, you know, life is not meant to be afraid. I don't think you're meant to live in fear. Yeah. But, so, like, a lot of what you guys do, it's, perception is it's based in fear, right? Well, it is, and so I think... Yeah. I'm not spending yeah. the night. But <laughs> as we wrap up this podcast, I do think it's very important. You know, if it's okay with you guys, I think we do need to do something, whether it be a private investigation together, not overnight, or if for some reason he gets me plastered enough to where I do convince myself to stay overnight. We can do that. And we yeah, and we can have uh we can have a follow up episode of exactly, you know what took place. What took place. If you're okay with that. I'm, I'm, I'm cool. I've, who, who gave you the invite to begin with? Well, I mean, you invited him and he just told me I was going. That's dictatorship. No, I invited you and you said he had to sleep next to you with furry handcuffs. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> We're back on the... That's not going away anytime soon, is it? Oh, no. <laughs> nope. All right. Bef- before we wrap this up, any last, you know, like last minute things that you remembered, you know, happy stories, funny stories, good spirits, anything you can think of that you want to, you know, share with the people who are listening? Because again, like I said, there, especially in Tennessee, there was a lot of interest in this episode. Well, I think, you know, I think it's really cool that, how fortunate are we, how fortunate are we that yeah. we get, that they, that the spirits will allow themselves to show them 
to come to us. Like those pictures I showed you. Right. Most people be like, oh my God, I'm so freaked out. No, how fortunate to have, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll share a really um, wonderful story to end this with. So like I said, I mentioned, and then if you want to share a story after that, I mentioned I work in healthcare and I've worked quite a bit with the geriatric population and um, two things. One, I was with a gentleman and he didn't present as end stage uh, with, his, I mean, he had a diagnosis that was terminal, but he didn't present as end stage. And I, I work in occupational therapy, and I came into his room one day, and he was like, oh, I'm a little tired. And I said, you know, what? we're just we're, we're going to kind of, I'm getting ready to go to lunch anyway, so I'm just, we're just going to sit and talk. I'm going to spend my lunch break talking with you. We're going to visit. And uh, he was a deeply religious man also. And I sat down and was talking with him, and he started talking about all the people standing around me. And it was a very small room. And there were no people in it besides me and him. And I was like, oh, do you mean the cleaning people that were in here? Did they come clean your room? He goes, no, all the people standing around you. And to this day, I regret that I didn't ask him if they were saying anything. Because I left his room, and about 20 minutes later, they let me know that he had passed. But he was completely coherent. I mean, he was not present. It's just like they... Whoever was coming for him, you know, his family members or whomever or what they and he was very he was very fine with it and, you know, very peaceful with it. Not like, oh, my God, there's people in the room standing around you. Um, and I had even gone to his nurse. I was like, is he hallucinating? What's going on? Uh, but that that was really that I got to be a part of that moment. Right. And then uh, the other wonderful story is when I had a woman that I had worked with that I had worked with her for years. Um, she's related to that picture that I showed you with that mist above my head. And she, um, I went in early and she had a doctor's appointment and she said, Oh, I don't want to go. I don't want to miss my session with you. And I said, no, I promise you I will stay. Even if you get back late, I will stay and wait for you. It's all good. Don't worry about it. And so as healthcare providers, when we're walking down halls, we tend to walk fast and look in rooms. You know, you just want to make sure no one's on the floor. And I was walking, I was late for an appointment with another patient and I was walking past her room and I saw her walking into her bathroom. And I was like, oh, she's back. But then the other thing I said, thought to my head, and I can still remember what she looked like. I thought, I got to talk to those the caregivers because they should be walking behind her, not in front of her. And that's just a thing, so if a patient falls backwards. But again, she had to have been with someone. She would have never gotten up on her own. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm late for an appointment. I gotta be with this other person. I got a phone call a few minutes later that this woman had passed and from my supervisor. She said, I wanted you to hear it from me before you heard it, you know, word in the halls because you were so close to her and you had worked with her for years. And I was like, well, I just saw her in her bathroom. Did she fall and hit her head? Did she have a massive heart attack? What happened? I mean, I just saw her. And she goes, she was never in her bathroom. Wow. They wheeled her straight in to, from, from her appointment into the dining room. She was in her wheelchair and then they thought she fell asleep, but she had passed, which would have been right about the same time that I saw her in her room. And that picture that I showed you was I was telling that story and all my equipment was going off and the photographer took the picture and that's that mist above me. Oh, wow. 
That's the story I was telling. Yeah, she had given me a little antique because she knew I loved antiques, and she had given me this little antique. Uh, it's called a, a hair receptacle. It's a very old piece, and I take it with me on all my investigations. She was Polish. She, she, I'm Polish, and we were in the Slavic room at Bullion. Yeah. So I was telling the story, and that's when he took the picture and got that. But the feel-good part of it is how fortunate I was that she showed herself to me. As a guardian that she she let me see it. her, yeah. and because it was you know I, again I I worked with her for years I adored her, and she so she gave me that opportunity to see her, and I really feel like and the fu- and the the funny thing is, all she wanted um, what we do with occupational therapy is what's purposeful for a person to do and all she wanted to do she she was so very sick was be able to take herself to the bathroom that's all she wanted to do and but she was so weak she could barely do it and a lot of the other therapists would get kind of like oh my gosh all we do is go to the bathroom with this person is that really like what we're supposed to be doing you know what if that's what she wants to do i'm going to spend that time doing that with her and so the fact that I saw her walking into the bathroom, I mean, it all is so very connected. Yeah. And yeah, I think that was probably one of the most fortunate things that ever could have come my way in seeing what I see, what I've, what I've experienced, all my experiences. That's pretty amazing. What about you? Um, uh, for me, it, was, it wasn't something that I experienced. It was something that another per- person on one of our investigations had got to experience. Um, we were at Bullion Plaza, and we were in the Native American room, and I was taking, or we were doing, we were asking questions, we were getting a lot of responses, and we got the um, the name Herschel from Bisbee coming through, and it was, um, so I took a picture, because all our equipment was going off, and I snapped the picture, and, and there was a silhouette of, a, of an older person, and I showed the woman who was standing by, by sitting down by the shadow figure, and it turned out her grandfather's name was Herschel from Bisbee, and he had just died. So for her to be able, for him to be able to show, you know, come through for her, that's huge. It was pretty. It was pretty cool. That's wild. Shawnee boy, what about you? You got any? No. Yeah. <laughs> I can't say that I do. That's why you're so intrigued by this. Like, you know what? I think I kind of want to make my own. No, no, no. I mean, don't be wrong. His like, will be a mischievous spirit. Trust no, me. Oh, I we mean, have plenty of those. I mean, I've heard of stuff. Like, your wife, her grandma, used to have a plate that flew off the wall anytime somebody came into the house. And they always ended up being pregnant. So, like, yeah. It was kind of like a weird thing like that. And I never experienced it. I just heard about it. So... They always had stuff going on, and maybe that's why she doesn't want to be down here for it. Just, I don't know. <laughs> she doesn't want shit flying off of the top of the cabinet here because there's a lot of people. There's not anything breakable. But nothing's ever happened to me. Yeah. The only thing that I know of is I knew the person that lived next to me, but it was before our house was ever built. The guy hung himself in the garage. But I never experienced or felt anything, you know? Oh, like I've, so, yeah, I've just felt like there's times when I'm uneasy and then there's times when I'm like calm and relaxed. And I kind of liken that to, you know, again, it was like a guardian angel type thing you were talking about. I mean, it was like, this has a guardian angel feel to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, something's looking out for you. Yeah. And like my, my aunt would tell me stories 
about you know her guardian angel. It was the same story every time. It never deviated. You know how like there's that story of the snake in the farm, and like the little boy saw the snake and it was you know eight inches long and it was about that wide. But then as he Wait, told the story me. to more people, I'm, I'm gonna inter- does anyone here have has anyone here heard about the story about the snake in the farm? Because I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Right? I have no idea. Either. Well, I'm, I'm telling you now. <laughs> I mean, but, uh, unless you're talking about like, oh, I caught a fish this big and then it just keeps that's, growing. Yes. Okay, same well, concept. that's a different story. Same concept, though. It's like, okay, the first snake time you tell farm? that story, it's like, okay, it's this little gardener snake. And by the time that they're done telling that story to enough people, it's grown to an anaconda. Oh, like telephone. Yeah. Same thing like with the fish. Man, I caught this fish. It was this big. And you're holding up like this little guppy. And by the time it gets to the end, it's a fucking swordfish. So I, I, that's the same concept. But that's the cool thing, like, with my aunt, she's told this story since I was a little kid. We're talking, like, 80s. And, you know, in 40 years, the story's never changed. So that's how real it is in her head. And she's convinced that she met and got to converse with her guardian angel. Mm-hmm. A gardener snake? Talking about a guardian angel, Warwa. You're, you're, you're combining my stories, and I don't appreciate it. Now I know we're we're getting we're we're not even getting side by side. Remember what happens together. when you disrespect the spirits? We're sharing the same <laughs> cot, the same cot. Back to back though, okay? Just back to back. Anyway, but yeah, that's that's the point. Is um, you know, she's convinced that she conversed with her her guardian mm-hmm. angel, and you know, like I believe her. You know, I I know there's skeptics in my family. It's like ah, it's just you know, Peggy being Peggy. No, like I believe her. And so, anyway, wrapping all this around, there's, you know, for everybody to believe what they see in front of them, what they see on TV is all that exists in this universe. I think you're doing yourself a disservice and you're being very naive. There's obviously a lot of things in the world you can't explain, you know, paranormal activity being one of them. Aliens. There's another one. You know, we're trying, I'm, I'm trying to find somebody who is, you know, in that field. Bring them on this show. Hey, you know, tell me about the aliens and whatnot. There's well, so much that you can't explain. And a lot, and for, it would be a discussion for another day. I actually had like a four hour live um, talking with someone about it is the parallelism between, is that a word? Yeah, that's a word. Yeah. Between <laughs> sure. uh, the paranormal and UFOs. Yeah. Ooh, there's a lot. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a subject that yeah I've done a lot of looking it, into. It makes you think. Maybe that movie wasn't so far off. That it's the blue pill or the red pill. Maybe we are caught in a glitch sometimes in this matrix. Anyway, you're right. That is another story for another time. Uh, we'll do an investigation with you. Um, overnight or same day yet to be determined, but we will 100% do an investigation <laughs> well, I, I heard, with you. I heard what you just said, an overnight. You know, That's what I heard. You know I'm going to hold you to that, right? You know I'm going to hold you to that. Um, it's called lockdown. They're lockdowns, man. <laughs> well, now that, that, well, then I, that, that's just, I'm, I'm imprisoned. Do you guys know of a straight jacket? We can put them in a straight jacket. I get claustrophobic. I can barely wear my CPAP max. You imagine me in a straight jacket? No, you just don't sleep. You just stay up all night. Oh, man. Anyway, we'll do the investigation, <laughs> and then we'll, we'll follow it up with a podcast, and we'll, we'll talk about you know everything that went down. Um, 
before we end this 100%, I know we've said that like three or four times, please, for the love of God, please plug what it is you're doing, um, what you got coming up, where, where can we find you, you know, plug away, please. Oh, sure, sure. Uh, are, we are on uh, Facebook, AZ Ghost Adventures, and our other Facebook site is AZ Ghost Adventures Evidence and Discussion. And the evidence and discussion page is uh, open page so people can uh, post their questions and pictures, experiences they've had. And it's not just to people that have been on our investigations, it's to the public. Uh, we're also on Instagram at AZ Ghost Adventures. This is so hard to remember, huh? Doing a pretty good job. Uh, <laughs> um, Twitter, AZ Ghost underscore ADV. And TikTok, AZ Ghost Adventures. And my username is Paranormal is My Normal. Um, so, yeah, and you can also check out our website, www.azghostadventures.com. And that's where we have, we usually post out about uh, two months of what we've got coming up. Uh, but you can see our upcoming investigations, learn a little bit about the history of the locations and RSVP. We do keep our investigations anywhere from 12 to 20 people. Uh, we want to make sure it's a, a an exp we want you, people to experience. I experience this all the time. I want people to be able to have their experiences. So um, it's not entertainment, uh, but it is educational and an experience. And we break up into smaller groups. Uh, overnights are 16 and over, like we discussed earlier. And um, what else what did I miss what anything? What do we have coming up? So do we, we don't have anything this weekend because we're here. Uh, next weekend, we will be the at the uh, old 1916 Globe Train Depot, uh, which is a location where there were suicides. Uh, there was a lot of prostitution going on in the area. There is the what we call the Baby Depot next to it, or their little museum that housed, um, that was where the uh, the train brought in the, unfortunately the bodies of the soldiers where they were kept until their families were able to um, come get them. Uh, we after that we have the old YMCA, uh, that is in Miami, Arizona. We've had quite a bit of activity there, including. Uh, shadow figures that we have pictures of we have a new location that we have that oh we do have a new location the globe the old globe courthouse and that is built on the site of the original courthouse which was built in 1888 and then they built a second courthouse which was the jail also and it's right next to the other jail the 1910 jail um and the courthouse is the building where uh kingsley olds was assassinated in the who, the gentleman we discussed earlier in the evening that followed me home that one time hmm. so yeah so we do a lot of our investigating in uh, miami and globe arizona but we also go out to oracle the acadia ranch which is an old tubercular sanatorium the american flag ranch which is now that one we only keep to about six people that's the oldest territorial Stanton. post office, which had uh, ties to Buffalo Bill. Um, and then we also go to Stanton, which is a ghost town in Stanton, Arizona, which is out past Wickenburg. That's a, an amazing location, amazing, amazing. location. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and this summer we'll be adding some hotels to our 
to our investigations because we want to go somewhere that has air conditioning. Yeah. <laughs> now, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of modern technology. Heat, yeah, because a lot of our locations are old. And <laughs> like well, the jail, it is hotter inside the jail than it is outside in the, in the summertime. summertime. Yeah. It is like death in there. Yeah, you actually have to go outside to cool off. (laughs) No, so like my time frame that I'm thinking is like March, April, the latest, because after that, you ain't going to see me again until fall. Yeah, and we will be um, April 22nd. We will be at the Ghost of Globe Paracon. Uh, We'll have a booth there. It's a fantastic, fantastic Paracon. Uh, we'll we'll, We'll be speaking. We'll be presenting at that. And we will have a booth, and we will also be hosting uh, a paranormal investigation for that Epoleon Plaza. So you can go to Go Ghosts uh, Paracon Two on uh, on the on the inter- on the web on the internet. What do we call it these it's days? Geo- I call it the interwebs. <laughs> oh, my phone's about to die. My so, my, the web we even see it. Yeah, just ghost. If you look up Ghost of Globe Paracon Two, you'll be able to find it. And if you look on our Facebook site, that's it's, even better. I share it. GOGparacon.info. Yeah, okay. My, go to my, Easy Ghost my. Adventures. That was a mouthful. <laughs> that you guys, like, I'm excited for this, actually. Because, like, <laughs> like, I really am. Like like I said, it's one thing that we, we talk about that, like, you know, we give each other a little bit of shit on the show. But, like, we're passionate about people who are passionate for something. You know, like we have regular jobs, you know, that that's how we keep the lights on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But, you know, go, go find something you're passionate about. You know, we, we both have side gigs, you, you know, this for you, from what I understand, it's a side gig, but it's a passion project. Anyway, I can't thank you both enough. Rita, Bethany, we're going to have you back soon. You guys, uh, you, you have a date with me to scare the living piss out of me. Um, <laughs> Leave the furry handcuffs at home. I don't know if I can explain that one to Mrs. Andrews, but and here comes Mr. Warwa. Mr. Warwa, I was gonna say I thought you were gonna grab him from Mrs. Andrews, but whatever. Is that a conversation we really want to have? Right now? <laughs> oh man! Nonetheless, thank you both for for joining us today, Mr. Warwa. Yeah. You want to do another one? Uh, uh, yeah, after we go spend the night somewhere. No, I mean, do you want to do another one of these, like, you know, like next yeah, week? Yeah, another one of these after we spend the night at a... Somewhere. Somewhere. Yeah, you're not yeah. holding our podcast hostage. I'm talking, like, next week. So, yeah, we're going to do another one of these. Well, all right. Well, until then, this is the Two Loose Screws. I am Chris. That is Sean. And we are out. <laughs> That's where he said bye, Ireland.